0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carla Stebbings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds.
1: Well, hello and a warm welcome to episode number 234 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in our fresh new studio here. At uh, Smith PT UK HQ. <laughs> it is my co host Matt Smith.
2: Hello, everyone. Hello. How are we all?
1: Well, it, I must say, Matt, it's, uh, it's a bit different to what it was in here last week.
2: Uh, that's true. It's a bit different to what it was here yesterday yeah. afternoon, to I be know. fair,
1: before you arrived.
2: But yes. Uh, yes, everything's all up on the wall.
1: Then I got my drill out and the other bits and pieces and uh, a, <laughs> I got my various tools out right. and uh, <laughs> okay. we, um, we we had fun in the studio yeah. well, Captain Jeff was never
2: around when you needed I know. You know, with his that's what she said anyway I know uh, but
1: uh, for those of you who do follow us on uh, Facebook I did put some pictures up on Facebook yesterday mm. of the, uh, the new studio so you can have a look yep. and see what we've been doing and that and that and a big thanks as well to Neil Lamborn who's in the, yeah. the chat room at the moment because Neil actually sent in the photos that are behind me there's mm-hmm. one behind me here yep. there's all also, one behind uh, our special okay. guest, yeah. and one behind Matt there, yeah. and there's some others on the, the wall normal. in front of us here which you can't yeah. see quite yeah. yet. We, we've still uh, got one more camera to yeah. add. thank thanks you yeah. for those, Neil. Awesome yeah, job. Yeah, but we do have a very special guest with us in the studio this yes. week. He's kind of uh, joining us for the party because we do have nibbles and everything here, uh, <laughs> yeah, but we don't uh, normally have this. But we the way, don't really. normally know well, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, very yeah. Gift, yeah, gifted. I tell you, but we're going to welcome onto the yeah. show for the first time. It's Ben Rourke.
3: Hello. hello everyone <laughs> welcome <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello. Yeah. yes it's not quite call- uh friday night radio one but no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so young. young yeah yes yeah, so
2: we're not yeah. we 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 stopped being allowed to listen to radio one about mm, about 10 years ago 15 uh, oh, years ago i listen ago, to radio
3: right, two yeah, now okay, okay, how are you ben uh, and, how are you oh very well thank you yeah, yeah good good all good. well
2: Yes. Uh, let's uh, don't panic everyone of course the legend that is sir neville of bounds is with us hello nev how are you hello mate yes i was leaving the oh, best till look last it. look oh i see right oh, okay course. i thought you'd forgotten about no, it no, right. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> poor nev left <laughs> thanks that you spoilt my intro now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and ah. also joining us <laughs> from his mansion oh. in buckinghamshire
4: it <laughs> is of course sir neville bounds Hello, everybody. Yes, it's all good Ooh, here. Thank you. thank you very much. And uh, been a very busy week again, uh, and a bit of uh, networking last night, Ooh. as we say in the trade, uh, which results in a slight headache this morning. But right, uh, we're, okay. we're okay now. though. Okay, okay. a bit, of, a bit on. of a mild headache. A C- couple of paracetamol and some water. Did <laughs> well, was
1: one having having a, a social
4: gathering of AV type? Uh, yes, it uh, was. Like, it was the AV user group, uh, which means what, it can only oh. mean one thing really, and that means. Uh, uh, a very good time was to have Boyle and I did stay in London last night because I just thought I cannot come all the way home, <laughs> <laughs> I need to go all the way back in the morning, so I thought right. I'll stay around okay. Did you I'll actually wait, go
2: yes. into the office on a Friday,
5: Nev?
4: I'm very uh, I don't go anywhere near the office. No. Okay. The <laughs> Absolutely not, no, that, that is a big no-no, It's no. not, not what we do. No, no, fair uh, enough, but, yes. uh, No, it was a good, good uh, evening though. and uh, we had about, uh, gosh, uh, 70, 80 people there last night, which was uh, pretty good. Wow. I thought you were going to say so beers good. then, Nev. Yeah. <laughs> no, be nice. I've been on Monday, oh, sorry, this coming Monday, I'm off to Amsterdam just for the day. Uh, on a very early flight, a 6.40 from <gasps> Heathrow, and then coming back at about 9 o'clock. Wow. But it, as long as it doesn't go tech, it'll be on one of BA's last 767s. Okay, you had a similar experience where you were supposed to be going somewhere and it went tech before, didn't you? Yes, it was, I was supposed to be going <laughs> to Edinburgh on it. Uh, and, uh, it went tech, so on A321 instead. Um, right. Sorry. Okay. Well, so fingers we get crossed off for Monday.
5: you. Yeah, fingers
2: crossed yeah. for you. So,
4: yeah. so, and um, what are you doing in Amsterdam? Well, that's the International Broadcasting Convention. Ooh. Uh, a huge show. Um. Uh, I normally go there for two or three days, but uh, I've got a very tight schedule this time, so I'm taking a couple of customers with me. Uh, We're building a new TV studio for them, so I'm going to help them choose some gear. Lovely. Um, uh, But unfortunately, I was having to meet up with some of our Dutch colleagues, but I've just not got the time for it on Monday, which is a real shame. Never mind, there'll be other opportunities. Oh, I dare say. Any Any particular class choice with BA on the way out, Nev? Oh, there's only one, isn't there? You know, oh, is it? it, it, it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, Business? My firm will only pay for the cheap seats, <laughs> right. uh, but I'm not doing that, so I've paid some extra. Have you? Uh, oh, to, uh, is that is that
1: club? Was that Club Worlds? Yes, what? Club Europe. Club Europe. It. Sorry, Club yeah. Europe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so okay. How long's the
4: flight then tomorrow at uh? Oh, well the the actual flight time is about fifty five minutes, oh. but the, the then you've got <laughs> about the twenty five minute taxiing time from uh runway one oh. eight centre, I think it is, um, or one eight right, which is the the newer of the runways. And it it's just takes ages to get to the terminal. Oh really? Uh um so yeah, it, they've they've done it for, for noise abatement reasons, which all uh, very okay. you know, Excellent, but of course it it does make the flight about an hour and twenty five minutes. <laughs> right, he's right ah,
5: taxiing ah,
4: to the gate. Oh uh, dear! But also you're taxiing at a good, um you know, 30, 30 knots as well. So it's it's a pretty long nice hanging way, about. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Carlos is wetting himself. Why are you
2: wetting <laughs> yourself, just Carlos? Read in the chat room. Oh
4: dear. Why? What, what's the? Um, oh, uh, what's Neil, the crack? Uh, as
1: it Neil uh, Neil Lamont has uh, put in the chat room that uh, Nev's going to Amsterdam to uh, look at some gear.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's perfectly yes, so I be going,
4: Well, if Captain <laughs> L was here, he'd say, was, was I going to the banana bar? But, oh, uh, dear. I'm, okay. I'm not allowed there. To which Richard, <laughs> to which Richard <laughs> King has,
1: uh, <laughs> Richard King has uh, um, said uh, rubber gear. But anyway, we'll move on. Oh. So a big welcome <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> uh, family show, Carlos, please. Family, family show. A big welcome to everyone who's joined us in the live chat room tonight. Uh, Mariana, we've got in the chat room. Jenny Parkinson, Tanya W. Mash is in the chat room. Our main man, Micah, is also in the chat ah, room out. Uh, we've got Neil Landwarn Barbara Parrish is in the chat room Richard King uh, Myla's in the chat room as well hello oh, to Myla. you Myla and we've got uh, Lane did I miss Lane oh, Tony S is in the chat room as well I uh, hope I don't want to miss anyone out I'm just re- busy scrolling down the list here of people as you do, as you do and uh, and ac- apparently, according to Jenny in Rome, it's uh, it's nice and warm in Rome. Right, so it, it's war- quite
2: warm in our little box studio. It has to be. <laughs> it is quite warm
1: in here, actually. Yeah, it <laughs> yes, is. Um, but welcome to everyone who has joined us in the live chat room mm. this evening. So it is. Uh, it's Friday. It is the fourteenth of September. And it's just coming up to quarter past seven in the evening. It is, yes. Uh, but we've got our full news-packed show this evening. We've got uh, all the usual news, plus we've got an awesome segment coming up later uh, from uh, our barbecue at Seething, which we don't this early uh, this year. And uh, we've also got uh, some little splattering of military news. Uh, we've also got a great little uh, bit that's been put together by our legendary uh, cameraman, Nev. And that was all at uh, Farnborough with Fabian and Captain Al. And uh, that's on the new A A two twenty dash three hundred. We've also got. He sounds uh, really
2: clever. He's just reading his show notes. Oh, no, that's, really, that's what they're there for.
1: <laughs> that's what they're there for. And we've also got uh, some voice feedback as well, uh, which was sent in uh, from Barbara as well, yes. which is uh, coming up later. Talking on the show. about season as well. Actually, and we're also going to yeah. have a chat with Ben. Because uh, we, we want to find out what Ben's been doing and what he's been mm. flying and all the bits and pieces yes. that go to getting to how far you've got now. Prefer to feel very yes. old, ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> <laughs> ben, okay. is, ben is incredibly younger than we are. Yes, yes, yes. But first, we are going to start the show as we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Ah, oh, born ready. And if you're ready, Ben. I'm ready. And if you're ready, Nev. Totally. Let's go. <laughs> kicking off this week's first news stories is on the ae website. The and, what now? Uh, I know. It's one of those websites <laughs> again. And uh, it says, uh, the headline is a guide to picking the perfect seat for your flight. So most airlines are now charging extra for you to choose uh, your choice of thrones. So how I do you find <laughs> your choice of <laughs> throne? I know.
2: It makes an economy seat sound like something That's completely something different. That's something that you do to me is you send me text messages from the throne, but we won't go into that. <laughs> uh, moving
1: swiftly on. Uh, so, Etty had recently sparked a lot of grumbling by introducing a policy of charging for seat selection in advance. If you're travelling in economy and want to pick where you sit more than 24 hours before flying, you'll have to pay an extra 100 dirhams uh, for that fee, which at the moment is good because the exchange rate is really good for (laughs) for them at the minute. Um, But uh, in fairness, this is in line with most other major airlines, including Emirates, but It does increase the risk of being lumped with that dreaded middle seat. I hate that, man. This uh, may also mean that strategies for getting the prime spot may have to be re evaluated, but before knowing that, you have to know where the best seats are. And they vary between aircraft and airline, as there are several websites that are that uh, allow you to compare seats uh, Seat Guru, as it's mentioned in this article is the one that I use I love Seat Guru, very handy indeed for long haul flights um, and for consistency, they've also used sites comparison charts for measurements as well for seats so the best uh, seats with Emirates uh, Emirates will start receiving their uh, their new 777s, Dash uh, 8s and Dash 9s in 2020 but for now, a major ver- uh, variety or choice majority uh, of the fleet is made up of A380s and 777-300ERs, uh, of which has the new first-class suite on, which I had the joy of going in. Anyway, the catch is that they are set up in several different seating arrangements. You so are such
2: a plane geek. Uh, honestly. I love
1: a- <laughs> that's, that's why I'm going to go back to the air show again this year, yes, or next year yeah. in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, so what's best? Uh, one is the flight isn't necessarily the best on the other, so... Some airlines can differ quite uh, incredibly between the two of them. But the A380s, for example, uh, have 399 economy seats on them. Others may have 557, uh, but are not entirely at the expense of fewer business class and first class seats. The A380 seats are generally uh, larger, have a, lo- a lot w- a wider seat, and uh, the 777-300ERs are 45.7 centimetres rather than 43.1 uh, and there's also a greater seat pitch the distance between seat backs and that translates to the amount of legroom but you get between 81.2 centimetres and 86.3 centimetres on the A380 but 81.2 on the 777-300ER which shouldn't matter much uh, but these are, are some of the routes that are flown by the two different aircraft for example the uh, Perth to Western Australia flight is on the A380 and the 9.55AM is on the 777-200LR of which there are only 10 in the fleet These uh, have quite a larger, 83.8 and 86.3 centimetres of seat pitch, uh, but only 43.8 centimetres of width. Uh, Etihad as well, uh, their best seats, you can find those on the A350s and then those 787-10s, which should have started arriving uh, this year. Um, The story does go on. It explains about the seat pitches on the various Mm. airlines uh, between Etihad and Emirates. Um, the Middle East, best three, I suppose you would say, with that. Also fly Dubai. Uh, KLM as well. KLM is 44.4 centimetres of width on the seat. I mean, it's hard to work this out really without a tape measure <laughs> right. uh, to how wide these seats are. But yeah. um, I have, I mean, I've sampled the business class seats on Emirates and they are
2: fairly... Uh, generous. I'm, I'm these, always a bit sceptical, to be brutally honest, whenever it comes to these sort of seat pitches and things. Because, uh, you know, I understand why they don't sort of take people like me into consideration. But uh, yeah, so the the the, the it's. Uh, my my size and long legs tend to go against me a bit if I t- if I try to get on on like a like a Ryanair seat. It's uh, it's cosy at best. But I must <laughs> admit
1: that that uh, the story that goes on about seat gear. I've used that a number of times now um, with with long haul flights, especially mm. because it is nice to look on because yeah. you put the flight number in you're going on and it gives you the aircraft seating plan and you get a green, yellow, and red right, seat. Depending on, on, so right. red is obviously. A bit of a mingy seat. Right. Uh, whereas yellow is. Yellow <laughs> has. What now? <laughs> <laughs> yellow is normally not too bad. And then yeah. obviously green is like, you know, if you yeah. can get this seat.
2: Now, Nev, obviously, because you only fly, there is only one airline as far as you're, you're concerned. And uh, presumably you don't need such things because you know which seats are the best ones in the
4: house. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but they, they do have this habit of changing the aircraft uh, at short notice. And, of course, right. not all of their A320s, for example, are configured the same. And there's some other aircraft that have different uh, differences. So just just as you've got it all worked out, you find that you're, you're somewhere else. But, you <laughs> no. know, it's all right. I can thank yeah. you. Yeah. I would
1: love if we have any listeners at all of the show who have recently flown with Norwegian on uh, the 380. That's obviously they've, they've been leasing their A380 that, uh, Nev, you went on the high flight mm. 380. Um, I'd love to see if anyone's flown on that aircraft with Norwegian lately because, mm. obviously, Norwegian don't have a first class, um, uh, you know, option. Uh, Norwegian, yeah. You know, I think they have a do they have a premium. Or is it just economy and premium? I Can't yeah, on remember the, on the seven I think it's yeah seven eight. Um, so obviously, if anyone's booked a ticket, say you've booked a ticket over to the US uh, with Norwegian with the Dreamliner, and they're using the A380, A three hundred and eighty, a handful of people are going to have a very nice upgrade, right, um, okay. on their journey
2: right okay.
1: in first class and these are Singapore uh, ex-Singapore Airlines um Singapore first class seats so.
2: now I know Ben from when you and I met the first time you you, you were sort of in the habit of just randomly jumping on aeroplanes and going on a little jolly somewhere just because <laughs> you were bored so have you ever used sort of these sort of apps like to, to try and work out whether or, do, or don't you really care as long as you're in the air
3: um well it's just just better to get it cheap so usually I yeah. just book it through Skyscanner and uh, yeah. just pick the cheapest I did go for a habit when I was posting on YouTube and things to try and get, um, in front of the engine to right. get the buzz all. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, when you go for your family and things, you can't exactly <laughs> expect them to pay a tenner to sit in front of an engine. and say, Oh, what's the point? You know, yeah, just does to them. Yeah, say, no. Oh, that's a good seat. Well, <laughs> the back is just <laughs> whoosh, that yeah. sort of sound. Yeah. But, um, just going back to yourself, um, Norwegian, um, fantastic airline. Mm. I think that even on the short haul routes, um, i'm That's gonna, the offend, threes, yeah. gonna offend him here but it's better than ba oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh uh, free wi um, you do realize yeah. i can control your microphone remotely you have to pay for food on yeah. ba now oh. um, yeah. to me it's just yeah, it's a good product mm. put together really well um, the seat pictures are great um the aircraft are modern, and also you've got the Wi-Fi, which really does make a difference, especially for yeah. working. Yeah. Um, for w- especially when it's longer than the full hour flight. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. No. No. Okay. It's got like a tracker. Okay. Um. But I didn't see on. like a film or anything. No. Um, you know that's nineties holiday sort of stuff. <laughs> IFE for me. <laughs> 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 Everyone's got an iPad. Who needs IFE?
6: Oh, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh dear. I told
3: I told you Nev. he's gonna he's gonna make us feel
1: really old oh, by the end excellent. of the day. Well done. <laughs> So, moving on to the next story, then, and uh, this one is uh, this one's for Matt, and it's uh, uh, yes, of it's course. on the best
2: newspaper in the world. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, yes, it is uh, on the Sun, obviously, which is where we go for all our quality aviation journalism. And uh, the headline is "Wrong Jet Gaff: Ryanair Accused of Security Lapse After a Passenger Was Allowed to Board the Wrong Flight a Month <laughs> Early." <laughs> So Ryanair has been accused of a lapse <laughs> in security after a passenger was allowed to board the wrong plane. The man had arrived at Bournemouth Airport uh, for the flight uh, to, uh, is it Gerrima? Oh dear. In- any- s- s- sorry, where? Girona. 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 Right, yeah. okay, in Spain, a month early by mistake. You'd think I'd have learned by now, wouldn't you? Anyway, yet he che- yet he checked in, passed security checks, and was ushered from the gate to the plane. Cabin crew offered, uh, cabin crew discovered the truth only when he rode with a woman, he said, that was in his seat. Or rowed with a woman, he said, that not rowed, he didn't row there. Rowed with a woman, he said, that was in his seat. It was only when cabin crew double-checked his pass, the error was real. Realized and he was escorted off the Ryanair flight. The cabin crew discovered the man had turned up just under a month early. Uh, despite being booked uh, to travel on the October the 6th, he had managed to get all the way into the flight that was on September the 6th. He had seemingly gone through two ground checks at the airport prior to boarding the plane, neither of which picked up that he wasn't booked onto the flight that day. Ryanair said, we've asked our gate agent to ensure it does not recur. Now, I would the only thing I would perhaps say, I mean, obviously, it's got the sick... It's very easy to do, isn't it? I mean, essentially, it's got sick. The only thing that is different is the month. It's the right route. It's the right airport. I mean, I guess this is where, perhaps, where if he'd have been flying at Stansted, of course... Uh, where presumably they're using the e-tickets and you're scanning your way through security and through borders and stuff. Obviously, it wouldn't have let them through. So, you know, I suppose this is one of these human error situations.
4: What what do you reckon, Nev? This did happen to me about uh, two years ago. So I don't know if it was still what what they were using for for boarding, but I was flying to Glasgow and uh, I was sitting in my my usual seat, as I do, Uh, and uh, this, this chap came up to me he says, I'm terribly sorry, that's my seat I'm going, no it's not, it's my seat <laughs> And we had this sort of conversation for about a minute And he said, well I've got the same seat as you I said, well you've always got, the, you know There's always been a, uh, something wrong on the ticket Yeah. And I, t- I took a look at his ticket Because this is before, so that's probably more than two years ago so It was a paper boarding pass And uh, he'd actually turned up uh, a day early <gasps> For his flight so <laughs> how it got through the, uh, you know, the, the game yeah. part of it, I don't, I don't know. But he was very insistent. And he said, well, I'm still sitting there. I'm going, but no, you've actually turned up on the wrong day. And I yes. had to uh, get to the cabin crew to explain that to him. Right. He, okay. He did he go cross. quietly? <laughs> did he go quietly? or did Oh, no. No, it was very cross <laughs> Oh,
5: dear. Oh, dear uh, but he? I
4: did, um, you know. I, I mean, it's prevail. easily done, I I... Had my uh, my my wine and my caviar. You know. right Oh, good, right. <laughs> quite quite
3: right. <laughs> oh no, right. <SBA>. yes, B A. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Don't get that anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you have to pay <laughs> for yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. you get a bag of peanuts. Right? Anything yeah.
2: actually? Have, have, you, have, you, have you done? I mean, obviously, this obviously talking to Carlos, who is obsessed by aeroplanes. Um, it's uh, you know, I assume you've never done anything like that. Turned up on the wrong day. No, <laughs> no. <'cause laughs> the, the whole I could I could I could see you turning up two days early because you want to stare
1: at aeroplanes. The whole <laughs> <laughs> the whole planning part of going on holiday for me involves many folders, lots of staples, various little sleeves that the various bits of paper go in for the tickets, the boarding passes, and everything. And when I go to the airport, I have a folder that everything's in neatly, and they're all in the correct order: boarding right. passes, hotel stuff, high car uh, uh, stuff. Okay. Right. Yeah, uh, it's. Um, okay. I mean, I mean, uh, Gem is off to back off to Dubai in November mm. um, with a friend for a week. And I've already put the folder together with all her relevant passports, mm. tickets, mm. everything and stuff for the holiday. So, you know, even though I'm not going, I'm still, still preparing for her. Holy bless her.
2: Oh, I know. Oh, I'm
5: good like that. <laughs>
2: Sorry. I'm, I'm going to, <laughs> you're <laughs> like, I've I, I got a, a friend, um, somebody who I work with uh, is going to get a punch in the face uh, as soon as oh, I dear. get to work on uh, Monday morning because he's literally just sent me that. <laughs> rowing give How
5: rude. Okay. Uh, anyway. Just, just <laughs> rude.
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm moving swiftly on. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. The next, go, uh, I the don't next care uh, anymore. I'm going one. home. Oh no, I am home. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the next story is obviously for uh, our awesome chap, Mr. Devil Bounds. Uh This one is for you, Mr.
4: BA. And it's BA story, of course, on the independent.co.uk and the headline writers here are oh, the, the the command of the English language is fantastic. Oh no. The <laughs> airways flight does emergency landing <laughs> <random> after a <laughs> few Fill the coat. Excellent. British Airways flight from London to Calgary had to make an emergency landing in uh, Nunavut, Canada, after the cockpit reportedly filled with fumes and a burning smell. Pilots had to don oxygen masks during the incident, according to photojournalist and aviation photographer Tom Podilek. He tweeted, British Airways BA103 from London to Calgary diverted to uh, Iqaluit, uh, reported fumes in the cockpit. Pilots were on oxygen Fire department at the aircraft, fumes said to be electrical burning smell in nature. Aircraft stopped stopped on the runway. He later added paramedics requested for a passenger in need of medical attention, and the aircraft is now at the terminal. Uh, Passengers are to be deplaned after medical is dealt with. What an extraordinary... uh, However, the Boeing 787-9 Dreamliner landed shortly after 7pm local time on the 12th of September five and a half hours into the eight-hour journey from Heathrow to Calgary International Airport in Alberta. Pictures of the plane on the runway show fire crews at the scene, and passengers were deplaned and put up in Iqaluit overnight. As of 11pm, a replacement aircraft was en route to take passengers to Calgary the following morning. BA said in a statement, the aircraft landed safely. Our highly trained flight crew diverted the aircraft as a precaution after a possible technical issue. We're very sorry that our customers have been inconvenienced and delayed. Our uh, cabin crew have been looking after them and we're getting them to their final destination as quickly as we can. The safety of our customers and crew is always our top priority. Passenger Cara Gibson uh, commended the crew uh, during the incident, tweeting, we were heading to Calgary on ba 103 uh, but had a little diversion to Nunavut. Uh, an extra little adventure on a holiday. A special thanks to the crew who showed incredible professionalism throughout. This event has shown why we choose VA. Well, oh. I think, actually, to be fair, any airline would have done the same thing, <laughs> given the course, same sort yeah. of circumstances. But it's a question of how quickly they can respond to it if, they, if they've got a spare aircraft. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, if this means more trouble for the... Uh, uh the dreamliner fleet um or I don't know, what, what it's connected with the fleet it's going to be another aircraft uh, out of service for a short period of time I yes think. and uh they
2: it, it's, it's are they also struggling with this engine issue though? are the yeah, under- yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. This
1: is, uh... i mean if for anyone who looks on uh, aviation herald um simon's awesome site if you look on now on a daily basis, you know, there's more than a handful of uh, fume-related incidents right, okay. on various airlines, so mm, okay. it does happen quite a lot.
4: Uh, Boeing 757 and BAE 146 tend to be two uh, aircraft which feature yes. quite heavily in the fume yes. department.
7: Okay,
2: any, any reason why? Just age possibly? I mean, well, four, I or mean six, all sorts of things yeah. from
4: oil seals to all sorts yeah. of other bits and pieces. So there's, mm. there's always ongoing research about uh, what causes all this. But of course, this was an electrical, uh, you know, burning smell—that that very distinctive smell yes. yeah, uh, yeah. that you get when things are when, when things go futt. It's it's a yeah.
2: smell that is is very 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 unique, isn't it? It's <laughs> you know like, exactly what yep, it is. <laughs> yeah, you, you smell it, and you go, yeah, that's screwed. Next, oh, yeah. <laughs> buy another one. <laughs> I'll Turn that off. Then. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's a bit warm. Uh, well, anyway. actually,
4: funnily enough, I was doing a, an exhibition in uh, Dublin with one of my colleagues over there uh, many years ago, and he plugged something in, and there was some smoke coming out of it. So he, he took out the you know, the IEC, the 3 pin lead from the thing, and um, so he went over to make a coffee, did something else and they came back and plugged it back in and said, oh, it's all working okay now. What? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Which I thought was slightly reckless, but it was, you know the 1980s, we did that Uh, sort of thing Right,
2: yeah, okay, Carlos, if there's ever smoke pouring out of your (laughs) amplifiers... (laughs)
4: will you please call I, me
2: first before you plug them back in i i <laughs> yeah. would be rather worried especially if I'm,
1: I'm doing a wedding at the time well yes there, there is that why. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway this Moving is on. Um, ben this is
3: ben your first next story, one for please. you my debut yay um so my story is from the new daily which is an australian um newspaper yep. which i'm led to believe by the Yes, the AU on the end, always yeah. the, always the way forward. And <laughs> um, This story is about Boeing offering a glimpse of its new 777X jetliner, which mm-hmm. you can see on the screen, I'm sure. There, you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this aeroplane is uh, manufactured by Boeing, obviously, and is the first completed 777X uh, uh, jetliner, which promises to be the largest and most efficient two-engine jetliner worldwide, Ooh. which is a claim that I'm sure all manufacturers yeah. won't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, we'll,
2: we'll get a counterclaim from, from uh, Airbus <laughs> whatever, in,
3: in the next hour. Yeah. Well, it gives an <laughs> excuse to go to Farnborough next year. Uh, well, yes, there is that, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they, uh, Boeing have said that the 777X builds on the company's successful 787 Dreamliner, but will feature a bigger cabin, new lighting and larger windows. Which is always a bonus for people like Carlos. windows. People like me,
2: I'd rather they weren't Windows.
3: Frankly, <laughs> like <I> just, <laughs> <just> sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
4: Just uh,
3: run
2: away. I, I, I assume you're a fan of Windows, Nev? Are you? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I'll try and get Windows seat wherever I can. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, I must admit, the last flight I took, actually, for the first time, I did actually look out of the window, which was oh, really? an actual first there, and I did. In fact, I think I filmed it and sent it to you, Carlos, didn't I? I was coming into land at Stansted, and uh, I really rather. Yes. Anyway, sorry.
3: Okay. That's no, always <laughs> <It's> good for <laughs> discussion. conversation yeah sorry. Uh, so there's two versions of the um seven 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 x model so you've got the uh, dash eight model and dash nine um both carrying uh, more passengers than the dreamliner the dash eight taking three hundred and fifty to three hundred and seventy five passengers, and the dash nine model taking four hundred to four hundred and twenty five models uh people. Not models. Yeah. Well, they might uh, be, be very small. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind being on
2: that one. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Family show, children. Family show. Moving on. Uh- <laughs> um,
3: additionally, Boeing claims that the 777X will be the first commercial jet to feature touchscreen technology in the flight deck, Ooh. which um, is a bit of a discussion just because of the sensitivity and just in case they yeah. catch things. I've seen a few stories about that. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, I, I suppose that's a, just genuinely a thing, isn't it? Actually, I mean, I, I mean, I've
2: done it several times while we've been doing the show t- yeah. t- t- today, where I accidentally catch a button, and I've caught like the fade rather than the cut, for example. Mm. You know, but I mean, mm. if you do that, I mean, presumably they, I mean, uh, do they have to lock? Do they have to unlock them to do something, and then they automatically they, lock again, they, like your phone are, does. That, yeah,
1: yeah they do incorporate a lock function on the yeah, screen. Yeah, but yeah. Another, another thing that I read as well, Ben, was that they were having an issue with fingerprints. And when the sun catches the screen oh, at a certain I mean, angle, yeah. all they can see is kind of Indeed. blodges and splodges and yeah. you know, greasy finger marks. I stuff. mean,
2: I love my tech as, 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 as Nev, but I mean, you know, is there really anything wrong with sort of, you know,
3: a joystick and a, you know, I mean, <laughs> what's, well, I love it know. actually. All the switches and things, you get yeah. that, you know, yeah. nice mechanical yeah. feel yeah. and it actually feels like you're operating a, uh, you know, yeah. it's one of those see, child dreams, isn't it? Where yeah. you sort of do all the switches and knobs and things. Yeah,
2: indeed.
4: as you see, me and Nev come from a, the world of analog, don't we, sir? We like it.
3: We yeah,
2: like things but, that go click. I
4: think, I tell you what, <clears throat> I think um, Ben's got a point here because I think that the. Uh, the tactile feedback that you get from a button, mm. you, you know that you've pressed it, it's clean, but it's actually quite yeah. diff- uh, it's, it can be difficult in touch screens, um, to know whether you have pressed something, unless there's yeah. a colour change. Um, I've noticed on the iPhones these days, there's a little sort of buzz when you- uh, press yes. certain things uh, when you've just downloaded something from the app store, for example. Yeah. As you press the install button, you, yeah. you, you, you actually feel yeah a rumble, don't uh, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so I think when they're designing this sort of thing for uh, aircraft, mm. uh, there's going to be a, a lot of uh, careful planning about how they're going to do all that. Perhaps yeah. an electrocution function on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they right. right. Okay. What's well, so electrocute the pilot just before he <laughs> flies?
2: Okay. I mean that's that's I, c- I can see some possible yeah. problems with that. Oh, Slightly disadvantages. Yeah.
1: yeah I, so I, I Ben, tell us about the. The particular aircraft, then, that this 777, it says here about... uh, Um,
3: So, the particular aircraft that you uh, saw on the screen a minute ago will never fly. Oh. Um, But (laughs) instead, (laughs) it's built as a static test plane, which I've never heard before. Um, But it's built like that to undergo a gruelling year, uh, long testing phase to assess the strength and the plane structure, as well as several other important features. So, I presume it'll be a while before it flies. Um, So, so
2: they're using it as a sort of a, a, you know, a a sort of research model, essentially, I suppose, to work out. But But you'd still think they'd put it in the air if only to do other tests and things with it, (laughs) wouldn't you?
3: Yeah, I I I think it's all to test the materials and the engineering (laughs) opposite. Um, Cool name, the program manager. The Boeing Test and Evaluation 777X a Test Program Manager, Doreen Bingo. Right, okay. House? It's Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you don't want to have bingo fuel. Uh, which line <laughs> is this I'm reading? It explained that um, the plane will be taken to a testing facility where the company's engineers will replicate all kinds of conditions the plane will experience in the air, but will do it safely on the ground. And mm-hmm. terra firma. The test will in- include placing weight on the wings, gears, and the fuselage. Fuselage, I can't speak <laughs> to see how they'll handle the physical stress of flying. Wow! Um, so it will be followed by four more planes used for flight testing. It doesn't say whether they'll be ground based or not, um, but they'll be followed by six f- for so-called fatigue ses- oh, uh,
2: okay. testing. so it's a sort of assessment.
3: Oh. Oh, Ms. Okay. House
2: said. Oh, there we are. So, yeah. So it's uh, is this this co- Neb, is this commonplace where they where they have sort of like one that they play with on the ground. Like, yeah, you they, know. they've
4: always got you know pre-production and prototype models. I mm. mean, think about Concord. Mm. There were several uh, Concord built yeah. that um, never actually uh, you know clearly made it in, into in the, the air service. You know, uh, so oh, okay. uh, but yeah, they've got, they, there's a lot to work out, isn't there? Especially these these well, new yeah. high technology yeah. uh, uh, models. Yeah, that is true.
3: Okay, on to the next story then, Carlos.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, actually, the 777 has got the uh, folding wingtips that they're going to uh, incorporate on this, the new 777.
3: Yeah, I think I saw the um, on the picture, you could see the... I'm uh, uh, not sure whether you could sort of see the rivets. I noticed those. Um.
1: Yeah, the 777 uh, is going to have the folding winglets to allow it to, um, to go into uh, certain uh, airports and not have to take up quite so much space.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah, we covered a story about that a yeah. while ago, didn't we? Yeah. Is, is, is it? Is Very that good, what you're sorry. talking about here? Sorry, if you're watching yeah. on YouTube, i have just put yeah. the
3: picture back up. That's, I think uh, just towards the tip of the. Um, sorry, where you can see the. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah there's cool. something.
2: There's something that worries me about wings. I love the idea that wings can be folded, but it, I don't know. <laughs> it's that. It's that sort of. You know, you want to make sure you put the locking pin across. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, maybe it's just me being old. Never mind. Okay, right, so we'll move on to the next one. Carlos, that's with you.
1: Yeah, this one is on the uh, the Telegraph again. This is um, uh, the uh, telegraph.co.uk and uh, revealed the world's, uh, uh, the world's, well, the worst airlines for uh, severe delays. And uh, the story goes for around 1.3 million passengers' journeys to or from UK airports were delayed by at least three hours in the past year. Uh, new research has shown which uh, magazine or which the consumer uh, watchdog analyzed civil aviation authority or uh, data uh, to uncover the figure, as well as uh, those airlines with the highest proportion of severe delays. In total, more than. Thirteen thousand flights to or from Britain arrived at least three hours late in the twelve months from June or 12 months to June 2018. Uh, those flights carried an estimated average of 102 passengers, meaning that uh, uh, one million three hundred twenty-six thousand passengers were severely delayed, uh, well, having their journeys delayed. Uh, EasyJet uh, in the UK. Uh, 2,618 flights, Ryanair, 1,868 flights, and uh, Nev's favourite British Airways, 1,668 flights. Uh, that were involved in around half of all long delays. Ah. Uh, given that they are the three biggest airlines operating in the UK, this is not surprising, and all three had delay rates close to the industry average of 0.7%. Wow. Less impressive was Norwegian, the low-cost carrier, <laughs> which has made a name for itself in Britain for its cheap <laughs> transatlantic fares, had the highest percentage of severely delayed long-haul flights. Do, do you think you'll ever learn how to say it properly, Nev? Oh,
5: he th- didn't do too badly on that case. Oh, thank good.
2: you, thank right. right. <laughs> you. He's practice. I, I, I would, make,
1: that... <laughs> would make hand gestures, but we're live. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, given the high level of <laughs> cash compensation <laughs> due for delays on long haul services, uh, which can be anything up to six hundred euros or five hundred and thirty-seven pounds, uh, this poor performance is particularly costly for Norwegian, which sells return fares to the US for as little as three hundred pounds to four hundred pounds. Meanwhile, those passengers hit with a long delay could actually find they received compensation in excess of the value of their ticket. Uh, so it goes a little uh, kind of top 10-ish type thing here with a percentage of long-haul flights. That,
2: what, what, no, you didn't say it was a top 10. I don't have the music No, we don't. Pa- we don't, don't panic. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little top 10
1: kind of thing with a delayed uh, uh, flights that are delayed by up to three hours or more uh, between uh, July 2017 and June 2018. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Cathay Pacific uh, is at the bottom of the table, zero point six.
8: All
1: um, oh, pardon me percent. Uh, Delta Airlines again uh, after those. United Airlines, BA zero point nine percent. Air Canada one point three. Air India one point five. TUI, or well, it used to be Thompson. Uh, one point six percent Thomas Cook one point eight and norwegian two point four percent Thomas Cook fared the worst as we said for medium haul flights uh, between uh, one and a half to three thousand kilometers with a delay rate of one point two percent and uh, for short haul ice uh, services, Iceland there was bottom of the class with one point seven percent of flights delayed by at least three hours. And uh, the airlines with the most severely delayed short-haul flights at the top of the list is Iceland, as I said. And at the bottom, uh, the, one of the best performers was uh, Fly BMI. So oh, BMI. Okay. So uh, they done well. Mm. Um, and, and actually, down there as well. Uh, I know it's a Stobart Air or Stobart Air here in the UK, based at South End. Um, but then, okay, I mean. What, what like do they, what do so this is what, the airports or the actual uh, This delays uh, for of the airlines okay. itself. But the airlines um, itself.
2: I didn't re- do you know, I really didn't. Do they do like, um, um, what I call like, um, what, like, um, what about cargo and stuff then? The st- I don't, They do yeah, do Yeah, no. yeah don't they,
1: yeah, they oh. do, uh, they do carry a lot of actually by, they've got their own, uh, railway, I think, here in the UK, stuff That's I they? yeah.
2: I know they've got their own airport yes they do London as End well. uh, they just yeah. opened one up
3: there oh, they? Oh. yeah. Oh. I think they're starting routes from South End soon um, they've started open it for uh, private flights like GA aircraft oh, okay. and uh, flight training but I think the plan was to open routes down to South End which could be wow. quite nice that would be yeah, nice Yeah, be a nice little trip up to the Lake District it's oh. good for that, uh, it's quite popular up there so it could be quite good yeah. Well, I was just looking at that. I think that people need to be realistic of what I've noticed is that the ones at the top of the list, they're charter airlines that are going the to busy ones, airports. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, Palmer yeah. and places like that in the summer, they're going to be busy. So, and of course some of these delays, are,
2: some of these delays have got nothing to do with the airline themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So no, you no. can be you sort know. of external factors. Slots
3: and things, yeah. especially to these busy holiday destinations that the top ones are Thomas Cook, Jet 2 yeah. and uh, Tui.
1: Um, What's been your longest delay, Nev, ever in your history of flying? Uh, about
4: up? a day. Oh, blimey. <laughs> um, was Dallas-Fort Fort Worth, um, coming home on a British Airways DC-10, um, mm. and they had lots of hydraulic trouble, uh, I think. Uh, so we ended up going back to the gate to try to fix it. We taxed it out again, same problem. Um. Uh, so, yeah, we were, it was overnighted into a hotel. Wow. But okay. went back on the same plane the following morning. It was a following afternoon. It was a some sort of hydraulic okay. unit sort of failure, form, yeah. I think. But uh, yeah, they flew another one out from London and fixed it overnight, yeah. and we all got back uh, just mm-hmm. daylight. Day Actually, day. on
2: on the yeah. uh, subject of planes going tech, we'll move on to the next story. This is on Flight Global, and uh, no, didn't put put th- I didn't know this. This first yeah, I've heard of this, and this happened yeah. last year. I had heard of it but only through um, sources that that uh, I, I have access to mm. and uh, mm. uh, I'll put the picture up uh, in a moment um, but it says basically ax- so this is on Flight Global and it says axle fatigue crack led to the Ryanair 737 to lose a nose wheel so UK investigators have determined that a fatigue crack in the nose gear axle of a Ryanair Boeing 737-800 ooh they got the code mind you this is Flight Global they always get it right uh, I'd hope so. one of the wheels to detect Hatch on takeoff from London Stansted the left axle of the inner cylinder failed as the jet uh says echo india delta lima victor ooh, uh turned onto runway 2 uh to in preparation for a departure to Copenhagen on the 15th of September last year it diverted to East Midlands Airport air accident investigation branch uh, that's the AAIB analysis found that the axle journal while being overhauled had sustained a retempering burn during post chrome plate grinding okay that Needs more of an explanation than the wheel following off of it. Anyway, there's a, this uh, would have resulted in heat-induced cracking in the base metal, it states, which probably grew through hydrogen emb- ooh, embrittlement uh, cracking during cadium plating. Right, I'm really enjoying this story. Uh, visual inspections did not detect the presence of any cracks in the chrome surface, which in any case would have been microscopic, and there was no requirement to conduct an inspection with fluorescent dye. Because no cracks were detected, the part was returned to service, says the inquiry. Uh, over time in service, axle flexure uh, caused fatigue cracks to initiate from the hydrogen embrittlement region and propagate through the wall of the axle. It states that while the cause of the original grinding burns could not be determined, there was no effective mechanism for detecting them. The cylinder involved had previously been installed on a different 737-800 line number 1642 and had accumulated nearly 22,100 cycles since new. It had been overhauled in December 2014 at just over 17,000 cycles before being installed on the aircraft involved in the incident. Since the failure, says the inquiry, the maintenance and overhaul organisation has introduced another inspection procedure specifically to identify any journals which have suffered grinding problems. Now, in Ryanair's defence, I mean, presumably this is sort of perhaps a, a flaw that hadn't necessarily been identified by the
4: manufacturer manufacturer is that fair to say i mean how do we feel about that as a statement yeah i mean i, I don't forget you know ryanair have got very high cycle um aircraft i mean mm. they're, they are you, you know they're every aircraft air, is probably they? doing yeah. four or five uh you know complete round trips per day i would imagine every yeah. day of the week and yeah they, they work their aircraft very hard having said that uh from what i understand that the maintenance is extremely good it on is, the aircraft yeah. so they do they do a excellent job on that Mm. and actually it's very considering the number of flights that Ryanair operate it's very unusual to hear about yeah. any sort of incident at all so that just shows you the uh, how, um, serious they, uh, well, uh, how uh, seriously they take the safety I know
2: from a chat that, that I had when I was having my sort of fear of flying training with um, or you know my fear of flying counselling I should say with uh, Captain Al and that was one of the things that because you know I had concerns over some of these low cost these, and of course this mm-hmm. is the thing it's like th- there is this strong argument that perhaps some of these low cost carriers uh, spend more time and money on preventative maintenance because they literally cannot afford for the plane to go tech. They they can't, you know, it causes absolute chaos if that plane can't take off for for whatever reason. And also, I think it's worth mentioning, of course. I mean, this is one of the reasons why it does have two wheels on on the nose, isn't it? Of course, because it is exactly for that purpose so that you've got almost like a fail-safe, isn't it? I mean, this is it landed perfectly happily with one wheel. I mean, that presumably that's you know, it's quite an old aircraft. Just looking at the
1: um, registration on there, uh, Echo India Delta Lima Victor, and that aircraft was delivered to Ryanair on the first of October two thousand and six.
2: Wow. Okay. So it's, it's, so it's got some years behind it. It's a few it years. Yeah, you
1: got to remember these. You know, these aircraft do have uh, the occasional hard landing. I mean, we'll all, <laughs> s- all see the videos on YouTube. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, you
4: know... Well, the 767 that I'm hopefully going on on Monday will be 27 years old, I think it'll be, something like that. So, oh, OK. Uh, so that that Ryanair is barely run in. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's <laughs> <laughs> The engine is barely
2: at running temperature. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's... As you say, it is very unusual to hear uh, of problems with Ryanair, but... Um, you know it has and also it, it does go to say that uh, procedures have been changed and there is now you know uh, uh, a check in place now to ensure that it doesn't happen again yeah um so it's uh, but as you say it's sort of been um, well may, maybe this sort of uh, tells its own story really i mean it's like it's been kept very much under wraps until the S- investigation has been uh, been released which in this day and age frankly is astounding Indeed. Anyway, uh, Nev, the
1: next story is... Dig dig uh, me out of this hole, will you? There's another BA for you, (laughs) Nev, but this one's a bit droney.
4: It is, yes. It's on the Clydebankpost.co.uk. And firstly, can I just congratulate the website for talking about a story uh, of the Embraer uh, E-190 and actually show a picture of the aircraft. Uh, oh, which great. makes a nice change, doesn't it? So, uh, But, uh, yeah, this was a bit of a near miss because uh, a drone flying near a BA flight over Drum Chapel could have been catastrophic for its 72 passengers and four crew. Police are appealing for witnesses after the incident on Friday night when the pilot reported being able to see the drone from the cockpit window. It's wow. believed that the drone controller was near the Great Western Retail Park in, Dr- in Drum Chapel and had a line of sight with the Embraer yeah. aircraft. Flight BA-2210 from London City Airport was about uh, 800 feet off the ground, uh, Caused to 10 on September the 7th as it approached Glasgow Airport. The drone was close enough uh, for the pilot to believe that the safety of the aircraft may have been compromised, said police. As of June, July the 30th, it's against the law to fly a drone over 400 feet. Inspector Edward Siri, uh, Drumchapel Police, told the Post: "If you are using a drone, it is your responsibility to be aware of the strict rules in place, which are designed to keep everyone safe. It is against the law to fly a drone over 400 feet and within one kilometre of an airport uh, airfield boundary. The reckless and negligent use of drones can have a catastrophic outcome." The spokesman for uh, British Airways said the safety of our crew and customers is always the highest priority. We take these matters very seriously and our pilots report any incident of this nature so that they can investigate and take the appropriate action. On May 26, 2017, a drone was flown above a Thomas Cook flight in arriving into Glasgow as it passed over the area of uh, Bellside Avenue, Drum Chapel. Uh, the drone was at about 1,200 feet and the Airbus A321 at a 1,000 feet, three miles out from Glasgow Airport. No one was arrested for the 2017 incident. Mm. Well, this is um, another story, isn't it? Just the same. Um, it's it's yeah. going to happen one these days. And, of course, particularly dangerous because, obviously, the aircraft's in you know, uh, the, the low-speed phase of flight, you yeah. know, at uh, 400 feet off the deck... Um, then, you know, it's at its slowest speed before it lands so um, uh, there's not much margin for error if if something should go wrong here, so uh, yeah but trying to catch these people I don't know what the you know the authorities have to do. Uh, It's a big problem, and I mean, somehow as as we keep saying, it's only going to get worse. Somehow we need to sort of almost get it to a point where the drones can be identified. You know, so it's almost
2: like um, there's an ID code or something that's transmitted in the data that's being sent to the drone. Do you know what I mean? I think need to put some kind of like identification in 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 the broadcast
4: yes a bit, a bit like the you know adsb um for, for flight radar 24 yeah. and that kind of thing so you can actually see who it is and uh, in many cases you can see who the owner is as well yeah uh, in fact, indeed not all the time but uh, some of the time
2: but yeah. of course those that are uh, you know those who do have their devices registered etc are probably not the ones that we need to be worrying about
5: mm. Yeah,
4: yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: But uh, yeah, as you say, I don't think they're going to do anything until something awful happens. That's the long and the short of it, isn't it? Well, well I
4: think that they are trying their best, but I, mm. th- there's still a long way to go, and uh, th- there's no solving this because you know you can pick this stuff up for, for very little money, pocket now, change, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, uh, I- mm. irrespective of what the the laws are people are going to be stupid That's, uh, and you, you yes. can't uh, you, you can can't use. allow for that can you? And
2: it's the same old story the minority spoiling it for the majority yeah, yet certainly. again but uh, anyway we shall move on uh, Ben if you could take the next story please
3: It's an exciting one this uh, back to the Telegraph uh, where Europe may be getting a new budget airline with a Ryanair pilot at the helm of course uh, <laughs> Well everyone can have their opinion on that but yeah. uh, exciting nonetheless so, a part-time Ryanair pilot is looking to launch a new budget airline in Switzerland, offering cheap transatlantic flights by next summer. So, fairly quick. Yeah. The mooted carrier does not yet have a name, but its architects are attempting to raise at least a $100 million wow. under the working title of Swiss Skies. Um, I'll try here. Alvaro Oliveira an Very entrepreneur good. who does shifts uh, for Ryanair on a self-employed basis uh, I'm led to believe that all of them are but uh, yeah. is working with three other industry veterans to launch the airline that will operate out of Basel serving destinations in the US Asia the Middle East and Brazil from a number of European airports in a point-to-point system Um Nikki Lauder Maybe mm-hmm. being in Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, the founders, however, do not have any plans to fly uh, to the UK, owing the uncertainty over Brexit as usual. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's just just think, oh. I just see that it's as our, a filler. It's our first
2: mention yeah. of the word Brexit in this show. Didn't we do well?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I just see it as a filler for news stories yep. because at the end, I, I can't see an awful lot happening with it, to be honest. Mm. It just seems as though something to talk about. We're going to, as I say,
2: as we alluded to last week, there is going to be a show where, which is purely dedicated to, to Brexit, and we're going to talk do, about Do that when I'm not here. Oh, right. Next, next week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shall we have our Brexit show next week, Nev, while Carlos <laughs> is not here? Oh, yeah. don't. Feel free, guys. Feel free. <laughs> I won't stop you. <laughs> no, okay. Oh. Yes, you, 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 yeah. is it, it's only me that seems up for a yeah. fight between Pilot Pip and <laughs>
1: perhaps perhaps Nev could get uh, one of his uh, friends from a, a, a recent train journey to come on the show and uh, of course, him. yeah, mm. <laughs> yes, that's an idea. <laughs> yeah. I'll see how busy
2: he is. Yes, but. absolutely. He's oh. not got long at the moment, has he? Uh, uh, but but um, yeah, so it sounds very exciting actually. So so it's uh, a sort of Swiss airline is uh, uh, possibly going to open their own. Um, uh, they're going to open a sort of like a low cost rival to Ryanair. I mean mm. they might need more than 3 planes I think probably to do it. But uh, yeah, any any other uh, bits of what sort of um uh planes are they looking to to use just Uh
3: just by looking at it they're looking to use the A321neo uh which um easyjet currently are building the fleet up to uh 38 by 2023. Oh wow. Um Europe has the highest number of uh, start-up airlines but also their most failures so it'll be interesting to see whether this one survives or not Um, Mm. I know that BA launched their new level um, Alder Gatwick so that's another interesting one we'll have a look at Mm -hmm. Um, but also in recent years we've seen the collapse of Monarch Air Berlin and most recently, the Skywork Airlines of Bern in Switzerland. Mm. Yeah.
1: Actually, that's quite shocking with with this story. It says here, at a glance, every airline failure in the last decade. And scrolling down, you know, I think, where am I going here? And then it gets to the bottom, and there is 267 airline wow. failures in the last decade, which is in phenomenal. In the last 10 years? Yeah, wow. 267. Um, with the first one there being uh, MaxJet, um, which wow. was 2007. But there's there's a few actually. Scrolling up the list here, there's a few airlines which you know I can I remember. Um, one of them being SilverJet because they were based at Stansted. Skybus. Um, yeah, there's a lot of airlines here which um, you know yeah. I can remember. Um, but yeah, it's I a remember
2: shame. Airbus. Not Airbus. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, Airbus is no. still going, Matt. Don't panic. Oh, it was Air 2000. I remember Air, Air 2000. 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first yeah. ever family holiday was an Air, on an Air 2000. Yeah. I think we went to Greece, I think. God, I, I can remember flying Dan Air. Oh, blimey.
4: Yeah, that is yeah.
1: many years ago on a BAC Can you remember
4: what your
2: fl- first flight was, Nev? Where, where was that?
4: Uh, I, I Yes, I can. It was uh, Britannia Airways. Oh, OK. Very good. F- uh, 737 from... Luton.
2: Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> and that was the last time you went. Wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
3: not quite as BA ways, as <laughs> it? Shuddering. <is laughs> yeah, actually,
1: B- actually, Ben, Britannia were a really, really good airline. I think Neville were very good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah they so were very, very good. Oh, okay. Very good indeed. Come on then, Ben, make me well, feel old. What
3: was, what was the... Wh- when was your first flight? Where did you go? I think I went to Mallorca, That okay. was either that or Ibiza. Uh and that was on an EasyJet A319 from uh, Luton also, uh, oh, The yeah, lovely yeah, yeah, orange right. Luton, yes. with a horrible check-in desks, <laughs> yeah. horrible security. I, I have and, to say, uh, in their defence, <laughs> it's
2: a little better than it was, it, it, significant improvements have been made in the I was going to say, the last yeah.
1: time I visited Luton, it was yeah. uh, a building site. Uh, yes, yes, well, it, it, it is. is yeah, it still <laughs> is. a building site. It's
2: just, uh, it's just less, less, um, less building-y. Uh, still building car parks and stuff, I think. Uh, so anyway, moving on, yes. the, uh, the next story is
1: on, uh, that fabulous, uh, fabulous, marvellous, um, aviation journalism, uh, kind of expert, the sun, oh, dot uh, uk, <laughs> And, um, one of Nev's favourite reads. Oh, I, think, I do, I do love the headline, <laughs> Flightmare. Yes, the headline <laughs> is Flightmare. Yes. And uh, this is one for Brian Coleman, if you're listening, Brian. Uh, United Airlines passengers were shocked to see a pilot take off his uniform and fall asleep in first class for almost two hours. Right. So apparently the uh, pilot took his clothes uh, uh, in the toilet with him and then napped, uh, or changed, and then napped for 90 minutes on the seven-hour journey from New Jersey to Glasgow. So anxious passengers on the transatlantic flight were astonished to see a pilot strip off his uniform and take a nap in first class. Witnesses spoke of how the United Airlines employees slept for 90 minutes on the seven-hour journey from New Jersey to Glasgow. Uh, Flight UA161, which left Liberty International Airport at 7.40pm on August 22nd, was under the control of a three-man cockpit team. Uh, however, experts have warned that a pilot removing his uniform and sleeping in front of passengers is not normal procedure for such a short <laughs> trip. One picture shows the man lying flat out in first class using a pillow and a blanket. Oh, God, heaven forbid using a pillow and a blanket. His shirt and tie can be seen laying on the seat beside him. A retired police officer who took the photograph said he saw the pilot going to the toilet to change out of uniform. Speaking with the Daily Record, he added that when he woke up, he changed back into his uniform and radioed for access back into the cockpit. I don't think the captain of a flight packed with hundreds of people should be in such a vulnerable position, he said. The witness said he believed the pilot should have slept out of sight of the passengers if he was in need of a rest. He added that uh, he's travelled to the US many times and has never witnessed this ever before. Aviation expert David Learmount told the Daily Record that the incident was most unusual. A staff member of a major airline also told the news outlet that this is not a procedure that he recognised. The cabin crew worker said it was highly unusual for a pilot to take off his uniform during a flight. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, on long haul flights, we all know that uh, most aircraft these days have a crew rest area, uh, either uh, above or below um, the, uh, the the actual main cabin.
2: Now, but, look, I, um, see, see, I'm I'm a nervous flyer. We know all that. I mean, we we have a lot of fun at my expense most weeks. Um, now. Correct me if I've missed something here, but they said it was they had a three crew. They basically had three pilots essentially available yes. in this, and so there were still two pilots on duty in the cockpit oh, yeah. while this guy had his nap. Yeah. So I. Genuinely don't understand what the fuss is about. Uh,
1: judging by the picture that's on the on the story here, Matt. I mean, the, yeah. the picture shows this guy obviously asleep in the in this first class um, seat, which I'm sure Brian but would have seen. A yeah, but on. I mean,
4: I think straight away there's a pr- problem there because um, he, he needs medical attention because he's got a pixelated <laughs> face.
0: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it's definitely something not quite no, right there. Isn't yeah, yeah, he, no, he does look a bit normal. worried, doesn't yes.
1: he? Uh, but, but not only that, but the, the, the picture obviously shows that his uniform is laid on the seat beside him, yes. which suggests to me that this flight was obviously not very full yeah, yeah no it may not be procedure and stuff but I mean I wouldn't be particularly bothered the
2: poor poor man might have been tired
1: you know he needed a yeah. kip
2: I don't understand I, I genuinely
4: don't understand what all the fuss is about
5: mm-hmm. no and, and also of
4: course they, they couldn't get the aircraft right this mm-hmm. aircraft is operated uh, this route is operated by a seven five seven two hundred, and the picture is not of that
3: yeah that mm-hmm. kind of changes things a bit because I'm not sure they have uh rest areas on them um, uh, no. but I have heard actually um, reading a book by an old easy jet pilot um, in his book he explained that on a say a late night canary return flight the captain would say to the first officer right you get on the radio I'm having a quick nap oh, as you do <laughs> in the cockpit so you know yeah. and, and this thing is spoken about in a book that's yeah. access to, so I don't think that, um, well, I said there was still uh, essentially two parties. Pi- oh, yeah, this yeah. This is slightly still. different, but it's still, it's not uncommon for, uh, it may have changed now, this book was uh, written uh, back in like the movies, 90s, then. um, yeah. about procedures back then, but certainly, uh, I think it was a Britannia, seven, five, seven years in, and coming back from the Canaries, he'd say, mm-hmm. right, I'm just having a quick, quick rest, so. Yeah. It's, um, actually
1: Myla said in the chat room that uh, we don't know what the duty day of the pilots were before this yeah. flight or the state of fatigue that he was yeah. in uh, she applauds him for deciding to take a nap good yeah. decision Although I, I'm, like I said, I'm a bit worried Nev because he does look a bit. Um, his face looks a bit. um a Bit peaky. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yes. That's going to need a little bit of surgery, I think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so the next story, uh, Matt, is uh, one for you. Indeed. Yes, not uh, an airline I've heard of this no,
2: one. No, indeed. And this is uh, not nor a, a publication I've heard of, which is the Aviation Tribune. I've not heard of either. It's a nice name for an airline. It though. is. Yeah. It's yeah. a Nigerian airline, Peace. Air Peace. Uh, Is that peace? Yeah, air peace, as in P-E-A-C-E, not okay. as in hand peace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> announces order for 10 Boeing 737 MAX 8. Uh, so Boeing and air peace... ...of Nigeria today announced a new order for 10 Boeing 737 MAX 8 airplanes um, during a signing ceremony in Lagos. So Airpeace already operates Boeing 737s between major cities in Central and West Africa. The airline, which recently added Boeing 777s to its fleet, is looking... To soon launch its international flight operations, we are excited to add the 737 Max to our fleet as we expand our network to co- offer more destinations and serve more passengers," said uh, Alan. On mayor, who is the chairman and CEO of Airpeace Limited, the fuel efficiency, efficiency sorry, and superior yeah. operating economics of the 737 Max will ensure that the aircraft will so play a major role it's in it's growing it's our it's business it's in, it's years it's <laughs> in years to come. The 737 Max okay, Eight. Uh, is part of a family of airplanes that offer 130 to 230 seats and the ability to fly up to the uh, 3,850 nautical miles at 7,130 kilometres. With improvements such as the CFM International Leap 1B engine and advanced technology winglets, the 737 MAX will help Airpeace save more than 20% on fuel costs compared to its current single-aisle airplanes the max 8 in particular you're right there children <laughs> i just looking at the chat. Room. OK, right. So uh, the MAX 8 in particular offers airlines 13 more seats than its <laughs> closest competi- competitor, 7% lower costs for each of those seats and 300 miles more range. The operating advantages, along with the popular Boeing Sky Interior, explain why carriers have been choosing to fly the MAX in Africa. Africa is a growing market for commercial airplanes, and we are proud that airlines, like Airpeace are selecting Boeing aircraft to be part of that growth um, it's uh, this order reflects the strong demand that we are seeing for the 737 MAX as airlines choose the aeroplane's superior performance and reliability, the 737 MAX is the fastest selling airplane in Boeing history accumulating more than 4,700 <laughs> orders from 102 customers worldwide for those of you who are not aware of the
1: airline Air Peace. As some of the chat remembers are not uh, aware as the chat have been going on Matt honestly if you could have read some of the stuff that's going oh, on right, in chat okay, yes. um, the airpiece was formed in 2013 so it's quite a, a, a new airline really um, they've got uh, a fleet of a kind of mixed fleet really they've got uh, mostly Boeing but they do have some uh, a one Dornier 320 look at the livery, though how and cool is I that love, I know I love that it's Nice. that yeah. is such a cool colour yeah. uh, they've also got an Embraer ERJ145 they've got four mm-hmm. of those in the fleet, but mostly a Boeing fleet. They've got uh, actually got eight of the 300 uh, Series three, uh, 737 so that's quite old, fairly old. Mm. And they've also got some of the uh, the sort of not very popular, the Dash 500 737s in their fleet. They've got five of those as well. Mm. But yeah, there's some interesting comments in the chat room, uh, Matt, I think, uh, while you're reading that. Okay. Air, peace, toupee air, okay. air peas. <laughs> oh, I see um, what they did there. Some yep. that I'm not going to uh, repeat because uh, okay. this is a family show. As of course, yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, Split air peas, um, mushy peas was <laughs> another one. Um, right, but anyway,
4: okay, yeah. So a uh, bit of info there for for you on that. What uh, a result and, for everyone. Okay, moving on then. Nev, Yes carrying on with comedy names. Um, Peach will resume all international services from Osaka Kansai International Airport. On the 14th of September, as more of the airport's facility recover from floods that hit it on the 4th of September. I don't know if you saw some of those pictures on the television. Absolutely devastating. Uh, the, the budget carrier has been operating limited domestic and international flights since the 7th of September, but will be the first airline to resume all international services from the facility. Peach operates from Terminal 2, which is now fully operational, whilst partial operations at t- Terminal 1 are expected, expected to be ret- restored on the 14th of September. All Nippon Airways is planning to resume some domestic flights from Terminal 1 between the 14th and 17th of September, but has yet to advise of its plans from the 18th of September onwards. Japan Airlines flights to Kansai remain cancelled uh, all the way out to the 14th of September and foreign carriers are being allocated limited slots over the next few weeks as more facilities are cleared for operation, regular schedules will gradually recommence. In a presentation posted on its website, Kansai Airport said that by the 14th of September, runway A is expected to be operational, joining runway B which reopened on the 7th of September runway a was heavily impacted by flooding in response pump units have been working to remove the water additional sweepers were brought in uh, from tokyo's narita international airport to clean the pavement the airport adds that uh, 26 out of its 41 aircraft parking stands are expected to be in operation by the 14th uh, with the remaining closed stands located on the international north wing of terminal one all fuel infrastructures uh, is operational uh, although some parts of the your tanker docking facilities are still under repair mm. so yeah it's uh, absolutely uh devastating um all that flooding that they had yeah. of course it takes so long to to get back to, to normal operations for such a, uh, mm. a big airport like this this so is the thing and i mean
2: no, and those pictures were were shocking almost weren't yeah. they i mean the, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, i mean the, the airport was literally underwater wasn't it i mean that's yep. that's yep. So, that's yeah. the long and the short of it but yeah. uh, yes well if go. if if any uh if any uh part of the world can get things up and running again quickly it, it will be them. Yeah. Let's be honest yep. they're very efficient usually when it comes to these things. Okay so we'll move on to the last
3: story then if we may Ben. Uh yep so this one's sli- slightly sad and similar to BA. Um Hawaiian accelerates uh, the 767 retirements um with its exit from the Beijing uh Beijing route. So um it's moved forward with the retirement of its Boeing 767 fleet by about a quarter. So about, uh, what's that, three months? Mm. Yeah. Uh, following its decision to exit the Beijing market in October. Um, so Hawaiian Airlines, based in Honolulu, um, obviously in Hawaii, um, will remove its last 767-300 uh, extra range model um, early in the first quarter of 2019. And the CEO, Peter Ingram, says he's on the sidelines of the Airlines for America Summit in Washington, D.C. today. Um, so he's mentioned that there. Um, so it's, it's only about three months earlier than the planned um Retirement there, yeah, and
2: everybody does seem to be sort of phasing them out, doesn't it? I mean, this is just yet another airline, essentially. So, you know, BA are in the process as as, of of phasing them out, as we were talking earlier. Nev, obviously, you're hopefully having your your last go on one. Mm -hmm. Um, um, but Hawaiian Airlines are phasing them out. Um, I presume uh, United will be doing something similar very soon,
3: yeah. Thomas Cook
2: as well, I think, and Thomas Cook and things. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a, I mean, I'm uh, this. You know, it, it's been a good workhorse, hasn't it, really? I mean, it's been in service for many years, the the seven the six,
4: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's good uh, good aircraft. It's interesting that, I mean, BA use it... Um, oh, they have used it on the Athens routes and the oh. Stockholm routes, but um, they have used them extensively uh, on the um, uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow shuttle routes. Right. And for such okay. a long-range aircraft, it's incredible, really. But they, they obviously they, they do carry a lot of people, so on, yeah. on the peak... Routes uh, in the mornings and in the evenings, so you can get a lot of people on. Bums
2: on seats, literally. Yeah, mm. yeah
4: absolutely. So Indeed.
1: There, yeah. yeah, Hawaiian is so just looking at the Hawaiian's fleet. They've got uh, a, quite a mixed fleet as well. Boeing yeah. and Airbus, uh, with a little splattering of ATRs as well, the 72s mm. and the 42s in their fleet for the short um, inter island kind of hops. But actually, um, Hawaiian are uh, still using the 717s as well. Which uh, obviously wow, that, there was
2: a seven one seven. There was, mm-hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> My it's, goodness,
1: it's uh, it's Geoffrey uh, well, it was ninety five. It was, it? yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, Jeff would know uh, all about those uh, particular aircraft. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, that because um, he was around
2: when they were invented, isn't that? What? <laughs> Any more, <laughs>
1: any more on that story, Ben? Um, <laughs> before, before Captain well, Oh yeah, just,
3: just looking at it, essentially what they're doing is they're looking to phase it out. Um, they will have, um, obviously they're replacing it with the A330s and A321neos. Ah. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do is they'll find, um, as they start to get the orders in uh, for the A321neos and the extra A330s that they'll release from different routes, they'll then plan to find a new market. Uh, other than Beijing, in the early part of next year, in uh, okay. 2019. So that'll be interesting to see where they go. But obviously the main routes are from Hawaii to America. And uh, as um, Carlos said, uh, off to um, the inter um fleet, so the 717 and the ATRs. So they do quite a bit of that. But this is more their longer-term. I stuff. mean, do
2: you, do you think they'll be, then end up being used as sort of like, you know, for cargo and things like that perhaps? I mean, like, are they, are they actually going to retire them, retire them? Or, or do you think they're going to be, uh, uh, sort of, uh, put into, because they're doing something very similar with the 7.4s, aren't they? There, a lot of those are being converted to, um, sort of freight liners.
3: Uh, do you think mm. they'll do the same with the 7.6 or? Uh, it could be a possibility, I think. Yeah. Mainly now we're seeing, I don't know if you saw at Farnborough, the 747-8, uh, of Cargo Logic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking at new aircraft. There's always been a thing with cargo airlines where they get the old aircraft. Um, yeah. DHL and uh, other operators in Europe are using the old 737. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, <laughs> you know, they may well end up at Lasham down on the south coast where it's a bit of the aircraft graveyard. I think there's also one in, uh, America, um, at is it Phoenix as well? Yeah. So, oh. yeah. Oh. Hello. What was
8: that? So,
2: I'm dro- dropping a mouse on the floor.
3: Are you
1: there?
2: right? Okay. I, th- I thought something had fallen off the wall. We've
1: just put it no. all up. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> the studio's not falling apart. Actually, I was going yeah, to say, I was going to say well, that's one of those places. There's on my bucket list of places I want to go is Hawaii.
2: Yes. Ah,
5: I'd love to go yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Good I'll, views as well. Yes.
2: Uh, Mike, Mike was actually saying in the chat room that cargo airlines typically have low cycles uh as where obviously a lot of, a lot of the stuff that uh, we're talking about here has got very high cycle rates. So uh yes. Yeah, there it, we are. it
1: wouldn't be uh, much use putting a, a Ryanair 737-800 on to uh you know when they retire because they'll, they'll be probably the most highest mileage aircraft <laughs> right. yes, in the true. world, yeah. I think. <laughs> So that brings, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that brings the commercial news segment to uh, a close. There's been some awesome discussion in the chat room, mm. so thanks to everyone in the chat room. That's been uh, keeping us very much entertained here oh, in, uh, in the PTUK studio. But uh, uh, we're going to hand things over to uh, Nev now oh. to introduce
4: the <laughs> next
5: segment. <laughs> yes, now,
4: remember that excellent barbecue that we had at Seething. That was uh, a top day, wasn't it? we all enjoyed that. Um, Carlos and I... Um, uh, made the effort to go around to some of the hangars and see who was in there and uh, with Stuart's help we managed to uh, find a few people and uh, this was a really interesting fellow that we spoke to his name's Tim Mobs and uh, he was in the process of restoring uh, his Sonex aircraft Uh, and as you'll see it's an absolutely fascinating uh, piece of machinery. So,
1: from one uh, interesting aircraft on to another very interesting aircraft, <laughs> and I'm here with... Tim Mobbs. Tim. So, how are you, Tim? Good. Good. Doing well. Good. Yeah. So, Tim, tell us a bit about this aircraft
7: we've got next behind us here. Well, this is a Sonex, the original model Sonex, uh, powered by a VW engine, uh, ostensibly uh, 80 horsepower, but not developing 80 horsepower at the moment. Um, anyway, this one was built uh, in that wooden shed across there inside the hangar because i'm a bureaucrat by profession and i didn't want to be in the cold of a hangar during the long winters that i knew it would take to build it so i built a wooden shed and insulated it before i started and it took about five years to build it shouldn't have done could have taken a lot less if i had been quicker but i'm a bureaucrat <laughs> and uh and it's flying it's been flying since november but we still haven't got the engine developing quite enough power um it, uh, so is that
1: uh, a tuning thing tim or is that something you well find, we don't
7: really tuning. know uh, no. the engine is a kit as is the airplane um but i had the engine uh, assembled professionally um but it's never developed as many revs the top max revs are 3400 and the most we've ever seen is three two, except in a dive, of course. But I mean, in level flight, um, three two, yeah. But I mean, it flies quite nicely. As I said, John is the test pilot, so he'll tell you how it flies. Uh, but, uh, but we've a got a small, f- definitely, yeah. <laughs> and we've got an EFIS problem at the moment, but uh, I'm sure it won't take long to sort out. Uh, and that's it so how long
1: how long do you say it took five two, years, five years yeah. to build that yeah. in in the shed there yeah so you had many a late night mm, uh,
7: yeah <laughs> yeah that's true yes yes yeah
1: yeah oh that's fantastic no so how so what's the plans for the aircraft then once uh, once she's already and uh like oh, well i do
7: a I, it'll do a bit more touring than the Jodel. i've got a share in that Jodel there and this will have a little bit more endurance so uh yeah, hopefully go a bit and it flies a bit faster so um, hopefully I'll be able to travel a bit further in it. And I should tell you a bit about its registration and yes. its name. Because um, Seething uh, was the home of the 448th Bomb Group from 1943 to 45, And all the bomb groups in the 2nd Air Division had brightly painted liberators to f- lead the formation. Not into battle, but to just lead the assembly of the formation. Because when you had something like 40 airfields in Norfolk and half of them had B-24s. It was difficult to join up a group of 50 or 60, you know. So we had the brightly coloured one, yellow and black, and it was called You Can't Miss It. So um, I've called my aircraft, uh, You Can't Miss It, the registration is Golf, Yankee, uh, Charlie, Mike, India. And I've done some of the black and white checkerboard that the liberator had although not all of it because i thought that might be a bit too much on a little airplane but uh, anyway i just want to mem- mem- memorialize if you like the guys who used to fly from here yeah so
1: this is a single seat
7: then no right. two seats There's two seat okay mm-hmm. okay yeah.
1: yeah i say with the performance you'd, uh, you obviously need that engine running at optimum uh,
7: efficiency
1: yes. for for two passengers on board
7: that's right yes it climbs very slowly with two people on board at the moment
1: but what about the actual, because you can see there's quite a large canopy on that. The, the view, the actual view for when you're flying oh, yeah, is, good, uh, looks, good. looks to be quite yeah. good.
7: Yeah, it's quite streamlined.
1: So, Tim, one last question then before we wrap up. And a uh, question we always ask the pilots we interview on the show. And uh, given the chance to fly any aircraft, either being retired uh, or still flying, commercial, GA, military, uh, what would it be? Mosquito. Mosquito. One we haven't had on the show before, so very good. <laughs> well, Tim, it's been great to speak to you. Okay. Uh, all the best. and. Good luck for the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. There we are. It was lovely talking to Tim. Yeah. And he's so lucky because he, obviously he worked, he built the shed within the hangar to build <laughs> that, uh, the <laughs> Sonics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he spent many a, a night or an evening yeah. and a night in there building that. And uh, what a labour of love. And it looks so awesome. And the paint job and stuff on that mm. aircraft was amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all the best if, uh, if you're watching. I uh, hope everything's going well with the aircraft. But yeah, uh, Yeah, we have we've got a few more bits and pieces coming up from ceiling, I think, haven't we, Nev?
4: Yeah, one or two left. Uh, so uh, we've got a few more from Farmborough as well to play out uh, this year. So uh, yeah, lots of lots of content, and we'll be doing doing some more uh, soon when we can find another air show to go. To. Well, that's
2: true. Yes, absolutely. We've still done the big ones, haven't we? It's always it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's only trouble, isn't it? You get Riat and Farmborough that are all really close together, yeah. and it's all sort yeah. of like over and done within you know, a couple of couple of days, and it's you know a couple of weeks. Well, Jonathan
4: Warner went to the Jersey show yesterday, and um, if I'd had the time and probably the money, I'd like to have gone to that. But uh, no, it just didn't, it clashed with so many things uh, yesterday, so I didn't go. What?
2: What? So what was uh, so special about it? Do we? Do we it's in Jersey. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, no further reason than that needed.
4: Then uh. it's a very good flying club there. Actually, lots of uh, very active members, so I think it's you know a quite an interesting place to go to mm. to talk to people. But uh, maybe next year. We'll
2: try that instead. Yeah, absolutely.
4: So you, you're going to Dubai at some point, aren't you? To do your is that, is that this year or next year? Next
1: year, yeah. nec- end of next year, yeah, yeah, November next year. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, um, yeah. uh, we're going to get back out to Dubai for the air show. Um, hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Indeed. And uh, so we are going to move on then to the next part of the show. We have got uh, a few little stories. Uh, In the military segment this week For those of you watching the live YouTube feed um, We we have obviously, we've we've looked after you all The military lovers because we have obviously got the C-17 Behind (laughs) us here, behind Ben there uh, With the pictures uh, On that note actually, before we start the military segment For those of you who are listening to the show Either via YouTube or as the audio download If you want to, if you've got some Photos that you've taken at air shows or any particular pictures that you're particularly proud of yeah. in your collection. if you'd like to donate to them, us, them yeah. to. We, we, we had an idea that we might like to have a little sort of collage behind mm. us here of uh, pictures sent in from uh, listeners of the show. Mm. So if you've got a little picture or something that uh, you're quite proud of and printed it out, uh, send it in to us at mm. the show. If you just uh, drop us an email and we'll send you a, a, a PO box <laughs> to send that to. Yes, and uh, we'll pop it on the wall behind us here so you'll. you'll pictureable feature <laughs> on uh, on the show but okay. um, yeah so we're going to move on then to the next part of the show then with uh, a few military stories so if everyone
3: is ready Matt yes
2: yes I'm ready
1: yeah, yeah.
3: Ben I'm ready yep yep, no, yep. I don't yes, think I've got yeah, let's one, go. no. yeah.
1: So the first news story then in the military segment. It's a kind of, well, it's a military story, but uh, it's military aircraft doing some amazing stuff. So for those of you who are living in the U.S., uh, down near the North Carolina, sort of part of the U.S., uh, hello to you, Dr. Steph, by the way, uh, because obviously there's a a rather large hurricane that's... um, Doing little rounds round there, round. Oh, the I, I
2: I hadn't heard anything. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and uh, there's uh, obviously we all the headline of the story here. This one is on the ABC13.com website, and it says here we know how it's dangerous, so fly into Florence's eye with the USAF Hurricane Hunters. So the United States Air Force uh, Reserve's 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron conducted another mission over the Atlantic Ocean on Tuesday this week. And our sister station, ABC-11, was given special access for the flight story, it says. Matt, if you're watching the uh, video on youtube we will be able to see this actually this footage here which is pretty awesome so the squadron nicknamed hurricane hunters is flying daily into the eye of hurricane florence the category two storm destined to make landfall uh, sometime within the next day or so which it actually did and it has uh, at the moment as well based in uh, i hope i pronounce this correctly but probably not so based in biloxi mississippi No, possibly got that wrong. Um, Three WC-130J aircraft arrived in the region on Sunday at the request of the National Hurricane Centre. It says here that we are just trying to make it so that there are more accurate predictions, Major Toby Baker told ABC-11. (laughs) With our data, a lot of times it will increase accuracy between 35 and 45%. If we can decrease it by that much, you're saving property and strategically putting resources where they need to be. Over the course of the nearly nine-hour flight, Baker's team of the weather officers dropped dozens of small canisters called dropsondes which uh, parachute through the eye and contains several instruments to measure data that a satellite cannot, uh, those being wind speeds, uh, wind direction, intensities, pressures and temperatures, amongst other things. Every 10 minutes, it's like a text message sent to the National Hurricane Centre, Major Baker said, so they're collecting information in real time. At the other end of the aircraft, a separate crew from the U.S. Navy dropped larger instruments that fall directly into the ocean to gauge the water temperatures. The reason we do this is so that we can narrow that cone, the cone of confusion, Lieutenant Colonel Jerry Rutland, the flight's pilot, said, in reference to the l- range of projected paths of the hurricane. Sometimes a lot of people in a mass ac- uh, evacuation, um, can, some people can die while they're evacuating, so we're keeping fewer people evacuating and saving communities money, and that is a win-win. Now, I watched uh, actually a, a video video, that was posted by the Hurricane Centre. I think they put it on their Twitter feed this afternoon, of um, of the actual the kind of uh, bird's eye view, as such, from from space of this particular hurricane. And it's it's huge, Matt. It's yeah, like
2: it's it's so
1: it's just enormous. You know, this thing would yeah. cover the whole of the UK. I think it's just massive. What do you think of the
4: video here, Nev? Uh, very good. Yes, sorry, I was just looking at an entirely different story, which was not related to what we were talking about. However, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I've had seen this before uh, earlier on today, actually, and uh, yeah, it looks great, isn't it? and uh, I think they're um, when you're when you're taking uh, video in, in these sort of uh, places as well. It's it's very difficult to to get some good shots. Actually, the video that they got uh, here was really good. Not thought, bad, too.
2: is it? Actually, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it is really good, isn't it?
5: Yeah.
1: So uh, Ben, do you wanna uh, take the next story on uh on, again? uh on Flight Global this one is uh give Matt a chance to press the buttons.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sorted. Um so the US Air Force awards Boeing uh two point nine billion dollars for eighteen more K C forty six A's. Um which I've not heard of. Are they the 767 tanker? That yes. is yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: That's correct. Yeah. Oh, get you with your random knowledge, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm officially That's redundant, everyone. If you, could do, if you could learn how to press these buttons, then I, then I can have a week off.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll come in next week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. £50 an hour. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he's young, can't you? Yeah, you can tell he's going to go far, oh, I I can't <laughs> you? He's already got his price sorted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they've got uh, 18 more of those. Um, spares, support equipment spare engines and all the other jazz Uh, the contract represents the fourth production lot of the uh, kc-46a tanker aircraft the us air force has ordered uh, from boeing and brings the total number of tankers ordered to 52 Um, ultimately boeing expects to build 179 tankers for the service uh, which possibly includes the uh, 135s as well they didn't actually say uh, whether that's just that type Uh, The contract comes shortly after the uh, Friendly Aviation Authority or Federal Aviation (laughs) (laughs) Administration. Um, Well, it's a little bit of a joke amongst us. I I think you might have heard that the CAA in the UK is a little bit difficult, so we call it the Campaign Against Aviation. (laughs) (laughs) And in America, they're a little bit more friendly, so we call them the Friendly Friendly (laughs) Aviation Administration. (laughs) But we won't get into politics on here. Um, (laughs) Let's keep it... Um, well, it's not anti-friendly, but yeah, we It's, a, it's be, a Friday yeah. night. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, um, a yeah, excellent. Um, You've so amused to, uh, Armando. You'll be pleased to know, and he's he's in the US. So. <laughs> he's a lucky man. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so, well, look at that. Um, shortly after, awarded the KC forty-six tanker for a supplemental type certificate on the fourth of September, completing the aircrafts. FAA certification process, a U.S. Air Force military types of um, which covers aerial refueling, which is for that, uh, defensive and other military systems, and that's expected to be granted in the coming months. Very good. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of these it's tankers that. that we
1: we normally when we do a military segment, Ben, we normally ca- end up covering the KC forty six A tanker at some tanker point. At some point <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah
3: that's yeah, uh, oh, quite good. That can transfer um well that's incredible four and a half thousand liters a minute
2: yeah it's a, it's a lot a of fl- fl-
3: yeah I, I nearly said fluid i didn't mean fluid fuel <laughs> Fuel. i mean
2: fuel yeah, absolutely yeah fuel. a lot of fuel but uh yeah it, it, it's just uh, uh it's 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 an image that we see so much so much don't we this this uh this image is is mm. uh iconic isn't it this this one here with the um, oh, yeah, the, the
1: yeah. A-10 tank buster below there. Yeah. Or the A-10, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of David Vanderhoff's favourite
5: oh, uh, aircraft. Oh, is it? Right. Michael probably okay. put
1: me right there. But, yeah, um, yeah Nev, the next uh, uh, particular, it's not so much a story, now, but I thought I'd drop this one in because um, the, the uh, stories are a bit thin on the ground this week. But, Nev, <laughs> for those uh, of listeners who are uh, kind of uh, in love with the Red Arrows here in the UK or across the globe, uh, Nev... What's this, uh, what's this particular little article about?
4: Well, I don't spend a lot of time on aviation uh, and selling sites, you know, where you're, where you're selling aircraft or selling parts. But this looks quite interesting. And on this one, uh, Controller.com, they've got a 1966 British Aerospace Nat for sale, uh, which is in uh, San Diego. And... Um, uh, it's a former uh, Royal Air Force T one that, and it says it's a great example of transonic aerodynamics designed by wow. the world famous designer W E W Petter. Uh, the TMK-1 is a real fast mover jet as opposed to so many low-performing, high-fuel consumption trains on the market. It's very agile, and if you can't afford an F-16, this is the next, next best thing. The visibility is outstanding from both cockpits. Uh, it's a dual instruction and export and worldwide delivery uh, is available, um, and I just had a quick look at the price for this, and I was shocked. I thought it would be a lot higher than this uh, it 's obviously a starting price by the sounds of it, yeah. but they 're talking for, about a, a for sale price of one hundred and twenty five thousand um, dollars so but the only thing it doesn 't say is what sort of uh, condition, condition <laughs> yeah. it's in it, it gives you some details about uh, the total flight hours, which is 3,800, uh, what the avionics are, what the reg is, and all the rest of it, but it doesn't, you know, w- when you were, uh, you know, if you're selling your car, you might want to put some information in there about, you know, how many careful owners you'd had, or <laughs> the, up- the upholstery <laughs> needs a bit of attention. But with, to, uh, there's, with, there's... with a NAT, do you get a careful
2: owner? I mean, well, I mean... <laughs> I, no, <laughs> I I the, fol- so. the <laughs> fallen uh, NAT is, is yeah. you know,
1: for those who follow the Red arrows. a fallen NAT, you know, is one of the the, the aircraft that they use, the Red arrows used, before they got the yeah, and yeah. Um, it's you know it's one of those iconic jets that you know I I never got to see that the Red Arrows use these. Mm-hmm. This is the, they finished with these before, before I I started uh, you know loving the uh, aviation scene. Mm-hmm. But uh, this particular one's a 1966 uh, model, and like Nev said, you know um, it can it converts to about ninety five thousand for those in the uh, UK. Ninety five thousand pounds uh, mm-hmm. can get one of these, um, which I have to say, now, I mean, I'd, I'd hope at least this would fly for mm. that price. So,
4: just looking at the, uh, I'd forgotten how modern it looks for the age of the aircraft, yeah. and uh, yeah, it looks like it w- you know, it was manufactured uh, a, a lot. Um, well, after 1966, mm. isn't it, really? But, yeah. so, no, interesting. So, uh, I wonder, I, I'm i going to have a look at a few aircraft sites now, <laughs> you know, sales sites, and see what's, uh, what's for sale. And uh,
2: I'm going to be honest with you here, Nev. I can't see you getting anything like that past Mrs.
4: Nev. I'm not going
2: to lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no,
4: exactly. But uh, we'll have to see. So, um, but, yes, yeah. uh, it's interesting. It'll be interesting just to see what the prices are of these things. Well. Yeah, it might be <laughs> worth
2: following, actually, just to see what it does actually yeah. go for. When is the auction? Does uh, it, right it say on there?
1: It's, 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 a, it's actually on, li- it's live for sale now. I mean, you can, Is you it? can go. Oh, I see. It's there. like, it's a like eBay type job. Yeah. You know, a, as <laughs> Nev said. It's the Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's on <laughs> the, it, for those of you uh, who want sort to of have a little chat and have a little uh, look and see, it. it's on the uh, uh, www.controller.com. <laughs> I have um, to be
2: honest, Carlos, if we do win that, I don't have anywhere I can park it, alright? Don't get any ideas. I <laughs> could probably, sc- I could probably squeeze that in the back garden. I mean right. okay. I wouldn't uh, be the most popular
1: person but
2: <laughs> No I don't would... think you I mean and what, what what
1: you land it in the garden No well <laughs> I could just crane <laughs> it I, you know, I could crane it in with a oh, quite a large crane else, right. yeah. okay. um, I mean yeah. it would make a good talking point at barbecues yes. and stuff yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You couldn't get in, in the garden <laughs> to have a barbecue <laughs> but nevertheless <laughs> And I'd imagine having this in the back garden you would increase your friendship on Facebook by millions because everyone would want to come round and do R- Okay, um, uh, and of course, anyone you didn't like at the barbecue, you could ask. You know, would you like to sit in the uh, in the seat in this? And then uh, just pull that yellow and black striped handle between your legs, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. and watch
3: as they fly. To okay. To beckles On the plus side, yes.
4: I think those wings lend themselves for so that Gemma could hang the washing. <laughs> good point.
2: <laughs> well, good point. Well made. Uh, see now, what you've done there, Nev, is you found <laughs> a positive, and I like. Oh, your... yeah.
1: Absolutely. It was so good.
5: Yeah
2: don't think you're going to get one uh, in the back garden I'm
1: sorry oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. so that is <laughs> where we bring the military news segment to a close we're going to have to find more ones like that Let's right. look at the commercial airliner site and see what we can bring. Right. 7474
4: <laughs>
1: so we're going to hand things back over to the uh, our, our legend of AV and uh, well camera work. So, Nev, what's coming up next?
4: Well, uh, at Farnborough this year, uh, one of the uh, I think it's a really exciting development was that they uh, brought, uh, Airbus had obviously just acquired or merged with Bombardier at this stage. So the C-series was named, renamed the a two twenty three hundred, and uh, with our media passes we were able to get on the aircraft. It took a little bit of persuading. They, they weren't massively keen to let us on but we uh we prevailed nonetheless and so myself uh fabian and captain Al uh climbed aboard the aircraft and we managed to get an interview with uh, mike bowser of uh airbus uh, and we asked him about the aircraft and all the rest of it uh, but first of all we go into the flight deck where fabian is in the first officer's seat so here's First Officer Fabian. What do you think of the uh, the C-Series, or now the A220, as it's called?
6: Well, I was just going to comment, uh, can we take this cockpit out and put it in every aircraft place? Uh, I just came in here for the first time, and it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I quite like the layout. It's a clean layout. Um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant.
4: There's plenty of space, isn't there?
6: Yes, it looks like it from the first... Uh, impression I got here. Um, I like the fact um, that the you see here the the communications board which is heads up which is quite good because we use it quite often and at most other aircraft you have to find it somewhere down here where you have to look around and uh, your heads down and can't pay attention while here. Yeah, at least glancing in the general direction of your primary flight display and the window, so that's a huge bonus.
8: The, the, the thing about this aircraft is it's uh, you know it's it's a step beyond your typical regional jet. Yes. As you know, re, you know regional jets tend to have very little uh, uh, baggage space, yeah. uh, be it in the hat racks or even in the hold. So uh, so this this is. Really is a small single iron rather than a, than yeah. a, a regional jet. Yeah, even sure. if sidewise, it's sort of like regional jet size. Yeah. Um, so, um, and it's all been designed about comfort. I mean, even the, the side walls are sort of uh, almost vertical, very yeah. similar to 350 in that respect, yes. in fact. Um, big windows. Uh, and and, and uh, wide seats, so you get all the all the comfort that you'd normally expect on a, on, a, on a single aisle, um, but on an aircraft that can, is as suited to, let's um, say, less dense routes uh, for for single aisles, uh, but equally on, on regional markets as well. Absolutely, I mean, I think um, from a, from an interior looks point of view, I think. As you say, it has taken the, the smaller jet aircraft into the next level. It's, it's taken it away from the sort of turboprop heritage and, uh, and put it into the, the same bracket as the, the main size jets. Um, and like I said, the, I was interested in the hat bin size because for every five bags that are displaced from the cabin to the hold, it equates to a minute of delay. And those minutes are absolutely vital in, in the ever increasing busy airspace that we find ourselves in. Especially in the sort of low-cost, uh, high-density market, that's when you—that's when you're going to need all that space. Yeah. The good thing about these is, I mean, each each passenger can bring a full size roller bag on board and have space to stow it yeah. without having to put anything under the seat, which is uh, which is fantastic. Um, apart from that, I mean, it's a fantastic little plane. Obviously, we've only had it for a few weeks now, <laughs> um, but uh, but for us, it's it's really good because it's an aircraft that really complements the uh, our single aisle family. Uh, so coming in on the on the, on the lower end. Um, maybe a tiny little bit of overlap on the, uh, between the, the uh, Dash 300, which is this particular aircraft, and the uh, 319. Yeah. Um, but I think both of those have a role to play. Um, if you start looking at um, you know hot and high performance or extended range operations, then you'll be looking more at 319. Yeah. And um, especially if you're already operating 320s, 321s, Absolutely. it would make a lot of sense. Um, but for other operations, I mean, the, the, the Dash 300... If you've got the dash one hundred then you can play about mix and match into
4: there
1: we go. you are done well there, Nev, getting on there, but I will yeah, say, it Nev... it was a, sli- a
4: slightly um, shorter uh, interview than we would normally like to do, but the, <laughs> we had Airbus's PR department going, have you finished yet? I'm going, shut up, we're still recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and this sort of stuff. So, uh, But you were very fortunate to get on uh, the, the aircraft, and actually Mike was great, because we just sort of sat him down and said, can we just talk to you? And yeah. uh, those people queuing up behind us as well, but uh, it, so it was cool. great. And uh, I would just... Uh, Myla noticed that uh, she was in the chat room just now, and she was saying how Light and area the aircraft is i'm really impressed with how they've managed to utilize utilize the space in that aircraft it's unbelievable and it's a, a two uh, you know two one side and three the other side configuration but um yeah it, it's uh, it'll be really interesting to fly one of those on you know just sort of a short or, or medium haul sector It looks mm. very comfortable i must say
1: the seats i must admit nev on that video whether it's just the 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 angle camera angle but the seat backs look quite
4: uh low yeah, they um. they are, and a little bit too narrow for my uh, taste. But again, mm. you know, I, I, I think we'll have to see how it actually, you know, performs in service and what they, what the uh, what they actually end up putting in there. But uh, no, I, I, the w- the window size was great. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a very popular aircraft. actually mm. Yeah, it
1: looks good. I'm, I'm going to uh, have to add that to the list of aircraft <laughs> to uh, <laughs> try and get a flight on at some point right. in the uh, future. So uh, again, thanks for that, Nev. Well done. All cool. uh, all Perfect. very good as usual. Uh, so up next, then, we have uh, had some audio feedback sent in by listener, Barbara. So uh, if you're ready, we're going to play it for you right now.
9: Hello, Carlos, Matt and Nev. I hope you are all well. Last month, I had the chance to fly to the Seething Barbecue with Pilot Pip, who has the Plane Safety Podcast, and I wanted to share some of that experience. But before I do that, I want to say what a great weekend I had at the Seething fly Barbecue in the beautiful county of Norfolk. I love Norfolk and every time I go there, wherever I go, I have such a wonderful time. So a big, big thank you particularly to Carlos and Matt and to all of their family and friends including Gemma and Matt's dear mum Mandy. Thank you for the food and the lifts and making us feel so welcome. I must also mention Nigel and Valerie White, um, the lovely couple who owned the B&B treetops where I stayed in Bungie. They made me feel so welcome and at home and it turned out that Nigel is a glider pilot so he wants to know all about the fly-in, plane talking UK, plane safety, airline pilot guy, etc, etc. So, who knows we may have another member of the community joining us sometime now, an aviation podcast meetup feedback would not be right without mentioning beer. So, the meetup weekend started for me on the Friday evening when both Tony S and Mila came to my hometown of Nottingham, and I took them for a drink and meal to the most famous pub in Britain, and famous around the world called. Ye old trip to Jerusalem. Much of the pub is cut into the rock right under Nottingham Castle. And as Tony said, it is a stunning place and it is a great place to have a beer. So this brings me on to our flight to Seething and back and to the hero of my weekend at Seething. And that is our fantastic captain, Pilot Pip, who was Myla and my pilot in command as we flew From Cranfield in Bedfordshire. We flew in a Cherokee Warrior. I have named it affectionately the Real Green Dreamliner. With its plush interior green seats, go faster green stripe and just a lovely little plane to fly in. I knew obviously I would be in safe hands with Pilot Pip. Um, going out, I sat in the right-hand front seat, the first officer's seat, and after a thorough safety brief briefing from him, we took off in relatively good weather from Cranfield. Much of the weather going was thickish grey cloud above us and clear around and below us, but at times it seemed a bit misty in places. I was told that in this kind of weather condition, There wouldn't be much turbulence, and sure enough, there wasn't any that I felt. Pip asked us if we could look out for any air traffic around us and let him know. So we flew over a a few gliding schools, so Pip said, look out for gliders. Would you believe the fastest air traffic around us were incoming and outgoing business jets from Pip's very own airline, SafeJet? And at one point, Pip recognised one of his pilot colleagues on the radio. At one point, we knew there was a safe jet. Um, I think Pip said it was a phenom, which was coming in the opposite direction. And Pip asked asked us to look out for it. Suddenly, I spotted it in the distance to the left side or port side. Then I spotted above us a little GA plane uh, descending just above us. And I called out plane above us, or something like that, but it also spotted us and ascended back up. Pip pointed out some landmarks for us, including some of the gliding schools, the giant um, Cardington airship hangars in Bedfordshire, which are 180 feet high and 275 feet wide. He pointed out the beautiful city of Cambridge with its spires and King's College Chapel, And of course, uh, one of Pip's favourite centre parks. Over halfway through, unexpectedly, my captain said I could fly it and handed over the controls to me. Shocked, I said, are you sure? Are you sure, Pip? And he said yes. So this was my second attempt at flying a plane. The first time was not good, but this time I was determined to get the hang of it. Now, I concentrated so hard on keeping the plane level and straight and going in the right direction that after about 15 minutes, my head nearly exploded over Pip's beautiful avocado green seats. And if my head had exploded due to concentration overload, his plane would have uh, had to been renamed the Margarita Pizza Dreamliner. But after a while, I began to relax and enjoy it and was a bit disappointed when Pip said we were now coming into seething or coming towards seething and he needed to take control again. My confidence had grown so much, I was tempted to say, no, that's OK, no problem. I'll have a go at that myself. Um, I'll have a go at landing, but I don't think that would have gone down very well. In fact, we certainly would have gone down if you know what I mean if I had tried to land. That's for sure, as we approached Norwich air traffic control, they seemed to know who we were and said something like, "Is that Pip? Enjoy your barbecue at seething which was love which was a lovely surprise, but we had no idea who it was um just before our approach, Pip made me scream when he made sure we experienced some serious g force within safe parameters, of course, but great fun. Uh, Then we saw seething approach in the distance. As we approached the runway, Pip suggested we stick our nose out of the window to see if we could smell Matt's burgers wafting our way. And sure enough, I could smell Matt's burgers cooking on the barbecue and we knew we were at the right airfield. I made sure I kept my feet well away from the pedals and our Captain Pip brought us down to Terra Firma with a shout of consternation. Oh, I bounced the landing. Well, Pip, I didn't feel a thing and it was one of the best landings I have experienced. On the Sunday morning, we hitched a ride from Lee. Thanks, Lee. Uh, to Seething Airport it was a windier day but with all the safety checks and flight plans done we were ready for the takeoff and we lined up for the runway with another great pilot Captain Al queuing up behind us to take off. In the air we finally went our separate ways uh, us going to southwest to Cranfield and Captain Al going northwest towards Liverpool and Manchester. After Pip took off, Myla flew the plane much of the way, then our captain took command again as we approached Cranfield. The flight coming back was only slightly more turbulent due to the weather conditions. I would just like to say, on our return flight, Pip's take-off was great despite the thousands of birds swirling around us seething. But last of all, I want to praise Pilot Pip's landing at Cranfield in really quite bad wind. His landing was as smooth as a baby's bottom, no bounce, and even the refuelling man, when he came over, congratulated Pip on his fine landing in such winds. So, I just want to say thank you so much to our most able pilot in command, Captain Pilot Pip.
0: Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network
5: TheVoicesInYourHead.com
2: Website: www.planetalkinguk.com
9: or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash UK on Twitter via at UK or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.
5: Fly
6: B5823, Trent Dane for 23R Manchester Wizz Air 6X, Climb Flight Level 210 Direct to Bretman's Park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. Turn two DME, turn right onto Bravo, link, Two one, join Alpha, hold at Mora, speedbird 472, LOC, slash DME, approach runway 27 left. follow the green stand 544.
9: That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Good time.
0: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me. Well, now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing-licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed-base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses, including those for school, and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 20 34616 NP Simulation. Fly your dreams.
1: Oh a massive thank you to uh to Barbara Parish for sending that in. It's yeah. always lovely to hear from Barbara and uh, obviously it's always good to hear some audio feedback
2: from the listeners. Absolutely. We've got another one to look forward to next week. We actually. have, yeah, we have indeed. indeed. So do yeah. keep them coming in. Yeah. Podcast actually, at plain talking UK dot com. <gasps> Podcast at talking UK dot com.
1: Actually I wonder whether <sighs> I did wonder whether uh Barbara was gonna talk about Pip's landing 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 that he made at uh ceiling. At seeding, right, okay. That that wasn't an audio
2: <laughs> error either, was it not? Good. No. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, actually, Pip, I, think, I think Pip's in the chat room. Is he? Sorry, right. Pip. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Winning.
1: Uh, okay. Oh no, no. <laughs> it was it was quite actually quite it's quite funny Ben because um, uh, Pip is uh, he flies for uh, Safe Jet. We call it Safe Jet. He flies for uh, kind of a, a biz jet company okay. based in Europe, and um, he flies the Phenom three hundred. Yep. And. uh yeah, he he made a made a very interesting landing at Seething. Right, a landing. Okay. So I missed landing? that. I was a, a bit landing busy. at ceiling mm. a Many landing. landings <laughs> at <ceiling. laughs> okay. On the on one landing. Yeah, it's like controversial. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs>
5: anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> oh it. Yeah, dear. Yeah. Pip, yeah.
2: we still love you. He's just being special.
1: Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> we love you, Pip. Podcast dot com. Anyway, <laughs> as you all know, we have uh, obviously tonight we've got a very special guest in the studio with us, Ben and uh ben has uh climbed the lofty ladder uh heights into the skies and you are a fully fledged uh pilot
2: aren't you ben
3: yeah i, f- I mean i feel lucky enough to say that yeah um got about six i think
2: i think before he gets too involved in this i think what we should do first of all is uh how old are you ben come on
3: 18, oh. 18. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually 18, and he's He's already
2: already done his PPL. That puts you to shame, Carlos. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Carlos is still doing his. So (laughs) upset. So how old were you when you started?
3: When did did you first take control of of a plane? Um, It's all all a little bit um, fuzzy in my memory, um, thinking back to the actual time. I think it was... I think you... It's fourteen. You have to be to join the cadets, right? So my first uh, my first experience in the light aircraft was in a uh, Grob Tutor, which they use for air experience flights. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I'd done the uh, air experience flight down in RAF Witten uh, in Cambridgeshire, and um, I think um, I must have had about three flights there. Um but over the course of those three flights um we done circuits, we done aerobatics and different things. And back then, um I was actually doubting whether I had the ability to be a pilot. Um back at that stage, um a little bit about my background. I sort of come from um I, I lived in Leyston which is a small market town in Suffolk on the east coast of England. I know the we're global. Yeah. Um but, um, yeah, so my, for much of my life, my mother was uh, single, so we never had a huge income. So I, w- I was always under the belief that becoming a pilot was out of my bounds. I, yeah. s- I, I still love planes and things and went there, but I was more looking at becoming a train driver, <laughs> something like that. Uh, still I'd love go. to be a train driver. I, my I'd idea. still love to be, yeah. <laughs> if, if I can't be, I think that's what I'd love to do. Yeah. Um, but I was looking at be- becoming a lorry driver or stuff like that, yeah. and um, I, I continued that through throughout throughout school mm. um and, and then the next phase come where i started to realize that it could be possible but to have a bit of fun um getting some experience mm. i uh, started gliding oh wow see that's a very popular route isn't it a lot of people actually start by
2: doing uh doing doing gliding and things that that must feel so like oh, pip's a big fan of gliding yeah actually, pip,
1: pip loves yeah. gliding
3: did do you enjoy gliding ben is it
2: <laughs> Did you prefer to have an engine in front of you
3: i, I actually i think that <laughs> You know, you have to get used to the four-minute flights and whatever. Because mm. sometimes, when the thermals aren't working quite, quite as good, um, you can experience these times mm. where you'll go to the flying uh, as um, near Barry St Edmunds, mm. uh, which for us is well over an hour away. So you travel an hour away, and you might only get four minutes airborne yeah. um, throughout the whole day, and you'd spend eight hours there. Um, but, but when it's good it's really good I mean you'll get well over an hour flying and it's really exciting it's more of a sport I mean you find the thermals you feel the wings sort of get a bit of lift and you, you circle around in the thermals to gain lift and yeah it's, it's more exciting um, dare I say it is more exciting <laughs> um, but obviously in terms of actually becoming a pilot and as a career as a pilot it's not really mm. um, doing a lot you you, you can get certain Leeways in getting your licence Once you've got your um, gliders Well they call it gliders licence But it's more of hmm. a badge
2: So obviously you went from, from gliding Then on to uh, sort of uh, How did you go from that To to start sort of uh, flying and, and, and working on your PPL
3: I think um at that stage, I was working, um, well, on the holidays at least, working about 50 to 60 hours a week in the local restaurant. Right. Um, wow. I <laughs> somehow managed to get sucked into the world of working long hours quite <laughs> early on.
2: That's not difficult, let's be honest. Well, yeah, it's not difficult, <laughs>
3: especially when you've got uh, a busy mm. pub nearby. But, yeah. you know, I, I've, I accepted it and thought that it would be a good way to uh, earn money oh, for the yeah. um, So I applied for a gliding scholarship, um, okay. and I didn't get that and I, I always like to be a positive person that always follows these mindsets that you can never fail and so my go-to option to move on from that was to um, mm. start flight training with my own money <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> rather than let someone else pay for yeah. it which is, uh, which good is what we ended up doing <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I think, yeah, yeah, it must have been what, 2016 I started with a chap called Gary at right. uh, Mid-Anglia Microlites. Um, and we started flying their C-42 aircraft and we done three hours in that, uh, until I realised that you can't actually count those hours because the aircraft is too light and those hours won't count towards your commercial okay. licence. Right. Um, so I stopped doing that and moved on to the 152 and um, 150s that Carlos flies at the moment, yeah. uh, <laughs> with Rainer in, uh, Bickles. So we done about Ooh, 10 hours enough. with those and then something very lucky, uh, happened. Yeah. Which is, uh, a scholarship. Okay. Which I was lucky to get. So that covered the full cost of the licence, including all the books, exams, wow. and everything. And that's wow. um, set up by the Honourable Company of Air Pilots down in London. And they support young pilots going into aviation because they want to make it... Um, people that are interested like me that don't necessarily have the funds resources behind you yeah Yeah. Yeah. um i mean i won't mention his name on here um he might be listening um but i've got a good friend that uh, works at duxford um i haven't checked whether he's okay me saying this but there was a time where you know he he wasn't actually living in the house he was living um in quite a bad place Mm -hmm. and everything was stacked against him and he was also lucky to get scholarship so you just get a sense of. These scholarships yeah. really do change people's lives. change, like yeah. Because exactly. you know he was you know living at, at, right at the bottom. Yeah, and, and it's not elitist. No no, 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 there's no, So many people that are really interested in flying, but just because they haven't got the funds. Um, oh, and,
2: and we 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 talk about it constantly. Don't we don't know where it is prohibitively expensive to to learn to fly and this kind of thing. And we, I mean, even I would like to have a go at you know having some lessons and flying an aeroplane. But it, as you say, I mean, well, and Carlos, you know, first hand of course, uh, uh, what 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 is yeah. involved. It's, it's um, a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also,
1: also, the insurance yeah. as well. You know, for for, yeah. for when you're learning to fly and stuff, you obviously have to have life. In, uh, you know, a, a slight change to your life mm-hmm. insurance and obviously when you have a you know when you get to the obviously you're not mm. you haven't got a mortgage yet i i hope anyway not <laughs> at, not at your young age <laughs> yeah, but when you when you have Actually,
2: a, you mention his age here lane street put 18 question mark question mark is that metric <laughs>
1: <laughs> but when you when you have when you have a mortgage and stuff and that you have to have you know proper life insurance in place and when you mm. go to the life insurance company and uh, and you're paying i don't know like 30 quid or 40 quid mm. a month for your life insurance and you say i'm learning to fly right that then trebles. <laughs> oh, wow in price okay. per month right uh, for insurance really? yeah wow. and um it becomes a, a bit more expensive indeed uh yeah. but obviously for very good reason because it's like you're obviously doing a, a slightly quite a high risk, high high risk especially high risk while you're form, learning yeah. to fly yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, but, but while we're while we're talking to you ben we've got questions in the yeah, chat room uh rick bell hello rick mm. bell greetings rick always lovely to see rick in the uh, chat room uh, Rick, uh, actually, Rick flies uh, one of those aircraft behind you there, um, Ben. Oh, lovely! C well, seventeen. Yeah, a C-17. <laughs> yeah. What um, a lucky man. I know. Uh, but Rick has asked you, Ben, uh, what has been your most challenging and biggest hurdle that you've experienced so far in your aviation career?
3: Um, it might sound a bit odd, but I think the biggest hurdle at the moment is now um, actually getting the PPL. And uh going on to the commercial because yeah. it's about forty forty to fifty thousand pounds following the modular route wow. where you do it yourself, so it's about forty to fifty thousand pounds you have to raise. Um, in order to do that and I think now actually finding the best way to get that in the shortest amount of time mm. is the hardest thing it's, it's going to take some thinking um, obviously universities that's that's not an option because what's the point in spending all that money I've got my own opinion on university that it's not very effective these days to be honest yeah. um, for certain things yeah mm. if you want to be a doctor or you want to be an engineer fair enough but too many people go there for the wrong reasons as such yeah. um, so we won't be doing that so it's all about actually trying to um, do the best thing I can and uh, for, throughout the last few years, to earn extra money to pay for extra flying lessons, I've been learning more about um, advertising and media and things. And so, I think the best bet at um, earning that sort of money is starting my own business. Yeah, and I started a um, social media marketing uh, agency. Uh, so, we've got a few clients now that we do, so I'm starting to take off. And I've, I've applied to a few uh, low hour jobs um, for. Um, doing their marketing as well. So I look to be working lots, but also earning as much money as possible, uh, doing social media and things like that. So that that's the solution. Uh, well, that's the potential solution to the problem. Um, but it has taken a couple of months since finishing the A-levels to actually get a client and uh, get a couple of, um, get a, Regular income, so at the moment it's been a bit of an uncertain time. So,
2: so obviously the the the, the sort of going self employed and, and that kind of thing is literally with a view to,
3: uh
2: so basically uh, generating more money, essentially to 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 carry out the dream. Is is that yeah. is that the,
3: the goal? Think, that's fair, but I think I've actually fell in love with uh, advertising. I mean, wow! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Did good. you hear that, then <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I, I just get a real buzz when you, you get a successful campaign and they get yeah. lots of money and they get lots of customers. So um, my actual aim is to keep that going, build that up on the side. Mm. And when we're flying, hopefully build a little agency and a nice office in the town. Uh, I say nice office would probably be somewhere dingy to start yeah. off with. But probably, least, <laughs> you <know>, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I used to live there, I know yeah, what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: Nev, yeah. any, uh, Nev, any questions from you, Nev?
4: I was just going to ask you, actually, in terms of the, you know, the cost is, is what it is, and uh, it's always a problem, but obviously one of the biggest problems in flying in the UK is the weather, and do you find it difficult to keep the hours going? Although, we've had some decent weather during the summer, but normally, uh, it's quite difficult to, um, uh, to, to to get the hours uh, mm. up and to maintain the standards that you need. Have you had some problems doing that as well?
3: Yeah, I think um, it was was quite difficult, actually, um, when I was doing the scholarship because I only had three months to complete it. Mm. Um, So they said I finished the first... Half bay levels, and that's when I went on a little trip. Ah, right, i Met yes. Matt. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We went off to. Yes. I was actually. I turned up late because I was actually wondering yes, whether not to go. Yes, <laughs> he yeah. remembers. I you, turned up late yeah, the you, were, you were. Th-
2: were you literally coming off the back of a trip from somewhere? You were. You were possibly yeah. running late from from coming back from the airport. Well, you?
3: what yeah. happened is I come back from Rhodes, yeah, um, in Greece. That's right. Um, about in the morning Yeah, I went to sleep as soon yeah. as I got home and I left literally the travel time from where I live to um, where I had to get the bus from that Matt was driving um, was the time that I left um, yes. before the yep. uh, it's alright we waited for time. him
2: it's alright don't worry and, and uh, you know obviously because yeah. I'm an excellent driver so he had a sleep all the way <laughs> to Guildford uh, oh, yeah. there wasn't a problem but mm. uh, yeah it's uh, uh, but you were, you were doing that quite a lot weren't you you were just sort of jumping jumping on aeroplanes just as like where shall I go this weekend and, yeah you know yeah. It's, uh, it, it loves aviation that much it's so so
3: cool yeah I mean um, yeah, we were doing Ryanair I think we done uh, that year anyway we done Mallorca Marseille uh, Grenoble wow. in uh, the south, uh, Oslo, uh, Gothenburg, um, where else did we go? Um, we went to Bilbao in North Spain, uh, Rhodes, obviously, Heraklion, uh, Corfu, and I think there was somewhere else, Geneva. Wow. Um, and obviously, you know, that's a bit contradictory towards saving for flying, but, you yeah. know, when you're working so many hours... Mm. Um, sometimes nice just to treat Have yourself to. And these weren't absolutely. exactly expensive trips, maybe a no, hundred no. quid at the most each, just yeah. by looking on Skyscanner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was a little bit of a rush. And also there's a big music festival where we live called Latitude. <laughs> ah, yes. Which attracts people from across the country. And that happened to be when I was trying to get there. So, um, I was sat in traffic trying to pull out <laughs> of a junction for about 20 minutes. <laughs> My leg be. was extremely, sh- <laughs> uh, sore from the clutch as I was, uh, off and on for about 20 minutes. Oh, it's just yeah. a nightmare. Joys of
2: latitude we we, we mm. all feel you'll pay that well, yeah. I have to say, uh, as I say, there's a lot of love for you in the chat room here. Richard is just saying uh, uh, here actually that Ben you are restoring my faith in young people, says Richard uh, with your it's attitude with yeah. your attitude, Ben I'm sure you're going to succeed well done what a great start so so mm-hmm. th- is that the dream then is you you, what, you fancy doing a bit of commercial flying for someone like yeah, me, actually, Lane Lane Street
1: has said, uh, Ben, what would be your perfect flying job
3: I think my End perfect uh, flying job, I don't know if you know this, but I was really lucky to go with the chap I talked about earlier, who had a bit of a difficult start, but now mm. has got his PPL. Me and him were lucky to travel on a uh, empty leg on a Cessna Citation okay. from Ooh. Bristol to Sardinia. And I think that experience just made me realise how cool private jet flying is. Mm. Th- there's negatives to it. You'll be away from family for a, yeah. a, a long time and um, the hours will be long. But just, uh, you know, just the uncertainty of it. One minute you're mm. in, I think they flew from Valencia um, to B- B- Bristol. And then they picked us up. T- uh, then we got in a nice black Merc to a oh. hotel now. <laughs> As you was all very nice. <laughs> um, but also, you know, they went to Brussels, I think, after. Then somewhere in Germany. And they're taking all these... Mm. Um, stuff, um, all these drinks and lovely bits and bottles, it's just lovely and I think just the uncertainty, the excitement of going to different just places randomly going to just randomly, places. I love that but equally I'll be happy with like a commercial job or instructing, i so many people get picky at this stage but I don't think you can be you know no. people say you can't I mean, afford shouldn't. to be no. people in my village yeah. are like oh no you shouldn't fly for Ryanair but I just think oh, shut <laughs> up you know it's, <laughs> it's a job just do it job. yeah absolutely <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean it's just like yeah and they don't know Ryanair is actually not too bad I, I know a few people that fly for Ryanair and they're mm. not as bad as people make it out to yeah.
2: be uh, Richard is asking does Pip need a new FO actually we,
3: we need well, to uh, I, don't, I don't think yeah. I want to yeah. judge him by his yeah. landings. So oh Oh,
2: <laughs> okay, so now listen. You sent me a little video here. There's a beautiful little plane that you were, you were flying here. Um, that I'm yep. just going to play. Uh, I've, I've got the, the the sound off for it. So so what's what is this aircraft that um, uh, we're about to see here?
3: Um, so oh, I've seen the this one. aircraft is the Robin HR200. Um, okay. It's got the same engine as a Cessna one five two. So it's uh, fairly similar in many ways. It's mm. it's a lot more roomy, I'd say. You've got a lot more room, as you can see. The visibility out the cockpit awesome. there's fantastic. Yeah, um that's not really any of my photography skills. I haven't got any. I'll just stick it on the camera. <laughs> <just laughs> hope yeah. it works. Yeah. um But yeah, the visibility is fantastic, mm. um, and the controls are really easy to use. And it's quite a modern aircraft, 1999 which for um people that are into aviation...
2: Is that just me? That seems very fast,
3: sort of... Texting oh, yeah, it's sped across the <laughs> Oh, oh it is sped up. Yeah, it's yeah. Sped oh, right, yeah. I'm sorry. yeah. As you okay. say, uh, back to normal yeah, speed. Yeah, okay, though, that's fine. Yeah, so, but, yeah, they're, they're fantastic aircraft, and as you can see, it's even got GPS in, it's got no moss growing inside, which I've seen a yeah, few right. are, uh, knocking <laughs> right. around. Us.
1: Yeah, is this uh, transponder equipped as well? Yep, yeah, transponder, yep,
3: yep. yep. and... Mm. Um, yeah, it's got a nice little GPS in it as well. I use um, a, a nice app called Sky Demon, ah, uh, very good app, which is uh, <laughs> quite handy to use. That oh, makes yes. you a bit lazy at times, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: But it is nice when you get back from a flight, though, to ab- actually be able to, to see know, yeah. the where you've flown, mm-hmm. where you've mm-hmm. gone wrong. <laughs> where <Which laughs> you've <got>. gone wrong <laughs> yeah.
3: Deary me yeah, hey, so- have
1: you ever had a chance on your flights uh, Ben to fly over Watersham or go uh, through Watersham Mats yeah,
3: yeah so when we fly from Crowfield um, when we're on the ground although you, technically you don't have to request to enter uh, Mats it's um, always courtesy to give them a call so we actually request to enter the Mats uh, on the ground at Crowfield because we are inside their Mats mm. Uh, Watersham is just straight in front of us there. It's about, uh, what is it, five miles I think? Wow. Straight ahead. Yeah. Um you can see the A140 straight ahead there. <laughs> 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 yeah, you can see that A140. Yeah, uh, yeah it's Nev's sure favourite nev-
2: road that, isn't it Nev? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> what's that the, the, the A140, A140. Yeah, yeah, as, love as long it. as you're not in a rush yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long yeah. as you're not in
1: a rush I mean for anyone watching the uh, YouTube video right now I mean mm. uh, if you're listening to the audio version take yourselves over to YouTube and just watch because the, the video that uh, Ben's got here mm. um, I mean you can see why so many people love, love flying yeah. because yeah. the views are phenomenal yeah honestly mm. that is um, you could just kind of stay up there all day really as uh, long as fuel permits. so I, I when, yeah. Yeah, uh, th- this, this craft,
2: are you, do you just sort of, are you just renting it for a couple of hours Hours or is it part of a um, uh, sort of like belongs to a club sort of type group yeah. type thing? Or
3: um, I think Crowfield's actually one of the better airfields. They don't actually uh, charge a membership at all, included okay. in the hourly rental. So cool. they charge about one hundred and thirty an hour, uh, which cool. is fairly good for mm. light aircraft, yeah. and uh, they just include the land and fee and everything from mm. that price. So you just turn up. Um, so this. Was a training flight. Um, Essentially, we'd finished all the training and everything, and I needed a few hours to get to the 45 Mm. um, minimum for your PPL issue. So, I just done a few local flights on my own. This is me flying over Wolberswick, which is where I live, you can see at the moment. Obviously, not if you're on podcast, I no. must apologise <laughs> no, <no, no>, no, <laughs> for keeping will that. Yeah. We'll, um, ping, we'll,
2: ping, we'll, ping a, we'll ping a link in the show notes so that they can find your yeah, YouTube channel yeah. and uh, and have a look at this video. But, uh,
1: actually, one of the questions has been asked in the chat room uh, by Richard Adams. Uh, no, sorry, not Richard. It's uh, Lane, sorry, Lane mm. Street. Do you have a YouTube channel, Ben, that yes, people can uh, see? I do.
3: Um,
2: I'm just trying to find it now. So just
1: I think it's called
3: the- Spire Pilot because what, what I've actually done is created a completely free Facebook group. Where PPL students can go and we've created cheats, uh, cheat sheets, videos and a free online course for all the ground school content. Mm. So you've got the CRP1 guide that we've made, CRP1 um, flight computer video course and all the cheat sheets for all the exams. And that's yeah. completely free. So th- they're all on YouTube and on Facebook in my group, which you can attach in the uh, show notes. Yeah. Uh, but also, um, yeah. As- Aspire Pilot Aspire is that the pilot, one? Yeah, yeah,
2: Aspire Pilot is uh, is the YouTube.
3: Uh, Richard
1: channel. Adams is uh, asking what uh, what's the kind of fuel burn on that particular aircraft? Uh,
3: the fuel burn um, is actually quite convenient because it's about twenty five hours uh, uh, twenty five hours Christ twenty five liters <laughs> per hour. Okay. So actually okay. the dials are in 1, 2, 3 and 4. So actually it's, um, judging by what the fuel gauge is on, that's how many hours it's fuel many you've, hours got. you've got. Left. So when yeah. it's on 2, you've got 2 hours, so it's quite easy to work out.
1: Are the gauges, because we all know that the, uh, fuel gauges are like on the 150, yeah. mm. are these very, um, reliable?
3: Well, this is going to scare <laughs> you a bit. You can't actually tell, because it's, it's, um, yeah. they've got no, um, fuel things on the wing that's actually in the back of the aircraft, so oh, okay. you can't actually check. So I hope ah, so. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Absolutely. Um, I'm quite embarrassed by this landing. I think we floated to Stone Market and back. <laughs> okay, right. Um, okay, so you'll Oops. see. Sorry about that. If you are <laughs> watching the video, you'll see what a float. Uh, it is Um, I think what happens actually in this part of the country is you get what's called sea breeze Mm. and um, it changes the direction of the wind in the afternoon uh, (laughs) once it starts to develop and this hasn't quite developed so we Mm. were probably using slightly the wrong uh, (laughs) runway we had a bit of a tailwind uh,
2: Lane Street says the C-150 fuel gauge is a bit of a myth
3: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't exist (laughs) I
5: can remember my days in in
2: one of the particular
1: aircraft uh, where we both uh, flown before and and the Gage is, is, is kind of waving at you
5: yeah. while you're flying.
2: <laughs> Hi. <laughs> right, well, unfortunately, boys and girls, we're going to have to start wrapping things up now, but there's a couple of things I just want to sort of talk to you. So so you've you given me a couple of really nice pictures here. So wh- where did the, where did you take these?
3: Uh, so they're at the, um, in the Land and Lights at Stansted. Okay. Um, and this was not planned at all. Yeah, just one the, of those things. Uh, we were there, uh, it, was a, it was a horrible cold morning, you couldn't actually yeah. see the aircraft. We were there, you could hear them, yeah. but you couldn't see them. Couldn't so see we them. were standing at the fence and uh, uh, it just turned into this. Yeah. <laughs> Nev, Nev
1: are we a bit worried here? These are chemtrails coming from the aircraft. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> flip,
2: flip, flip the chemtrail button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These fictitious things
3: that we're not supposed to do <laughs> and, uh, Yeah, i so say there's a couple of really cracking photographs is this Stansted as well? Uh Yep, yeah, uh, it's not a BA, uh, it's a better hair. I don't know what oh, it is, no. I think it's uh, a, what, uh, what do they use, I think it might have been um a silkway or something like that. Oh yeah, silkway. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's nice yeah. to see, but I just like the, uh, you can see the fog sort of roll where the wake... Oh, of course, that's the other way, away. Yeah, yeah, very cool, that's, yeah. That's, um, that's it, so I listen,
2: way. you sent me this photograph here, and when I looked at this I thought, my goodness me, this looks like a book. So what's this all
3: about? yeah it's a small book i mean i I had to make a decision back um i don't know if you saw the EasyJet program oh yes yes and in in my mind i was actually thinking well you know everyone has a job everyone Mm. goes to university and everyone does a thing so actually making a video and doing all these things about it to make it seem special seems a bit ridiculous yeah um so I thought well is a book really necessary for getting the PPL but I thought well actually we'll, we will continue to write it, I gave up writing it for two years yeah. and then I started up again because I realised that actually all these people that are led to believe with the EasyJet programme, that's what sparked me to actually release this mm-hmm. um, all these, uh, what they they were pasting £100,000 everywhere, mm-hmm. yeah. they're saying oh if you want to be a pilot it costs £100,000, mm-hmm. I mean really is that really what the media want to portray. Yeah. So as you find out in the book, you'll find out how, um, you know, someone that's living with a single mother, um, yeah, yeah, it's, possi- it's, it's possible. Essentially, yeah,
2: yeah it, you know, the, the, some tough decisions have to be made, but essentially, mm. uh, it should be open to everyone. Is essentially, yeah, exactly. yeah.
3: And and I don't mean to overplay the sort of single mother struggling background, but that's the way it was, you know. Yeah, chicken nuggets and chips every night, <laughs> <laughs> beans on toast. <laughs> that, 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 I know for some, that's he, a luxury. And he looks like <laughs> he does. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, if I if I had that every
2: day, I'd be well. I'd be bigger uh, than I am. Oh, uh, give really... yourself a quick
3: plug, Ben. How can they find your website? Um, so you can find this um, on Amazon. If you type in Ben Rourke, which I'm sure you'll see somewhere, yep. it should come up as well as the CRP1 guide if you're yep. a pilot, and that will give you an excellent start to understand yeah, that. Okay, And um, then your,
2: your little advertising project, how do they find out about that?
3: Uh, uh, so you can go on com. it says
2: R-O-U...
3: R-O-U-R-K-E and then digital. Yeah, all as net. one com. word dot com. Yep. yep. And, you and then you'll work. be able, if, if you're in, if you do have a business, um, social media works at any kind of business, some more than others. Yeah. Um, but if you do have a business, I'm sure we can work out some sort of deal for being an <laughs> avid plane lover. <laughs> oh, there we are. You <laughs> see, you
2: see, there's something, there's a perk to being, being uh, all about your aviation. Well, well Ben, it, thank you so yeah. very much for joining us. It's been I'll absolutely what, it, amazing. Yes. Yeah. i I tell you, what, it's safe to say, Ben, that
1: the, the, The listeners, especially the viewers on the show, have absolutely loved you tonight. Uh, being it's on the show hear. Barbara Parrish has said that uh, you're such a natural on the podcast it's been a real pleasure for listeners to uh, hear you on the show Neve been you, made ben. redundant good news uh, uh, thank yeah. you Ben <laughs> she says uh, wishes you all the very best for your flying career and your life and, and she also enjoyed the video uh, Richard King has said that you guys need to give Ben a regular slot on the okay. show right. he comes across incredibly well awesome. uh, Lane Street agrees with that as does Barbara and mm. Richard Adams as well and yeah, it's uh yeah, safe to say that you've been very welcome yep. on yep. tonight's show. And you are welcome any
2: time, my friend. So Yeah, do, I mean do, yeah, I am time.
3: flexible with what I do, so you know, getting involved <laughs> in this it's a, it's a nice thing to do and obviously coming from a small town in Suffolk, we're not used to this. We're, we're not used technology. to actually, you know, the whole <laughs> setup, the whole thing of being global. Yeah. Um, Suffolk's quite a boring place that people <laughs> don't know. Oh, now steady, now <laughs> 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 not that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that <laughs> happens. <laughs> that's, that's a, you you might that, see that, a coach
5: ter- go ter- terribly affected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay,
1: <laughs> so that is where we are going to bring uh, the episode to a close. A big, massive thank you to everyone who's joined us in the live chat room this evening. It's been great to see all the regular family in the chat room also, we're going to say a big thanks as well to everyone who also downloads the show mm, as an audio so. uh, yeah. version via iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, all the reg- all the usual pod uh, podcast downloading. Uh, uh, platforms. Even boring old iTunes, even yeah. iTunes. Yeah. I know <laughs> if you've got an iPhone. <laughs> sorry to hear about that. Right, uh, uh, stop we are. It. <laughs> I know. We're also uh, going to say a big thanks to Nev. Nev, as always, you are a legend with uh, everything. Yeah, so thanks for that, Nev. And uh, so,
2: so obviously, you're off to uh, you're off to uh, um, a wedding next Friday. No, so no, I no, shall no, be no here. not you. No. Amsterdam. <laughs> I, I was talking to <laughs> Nev. Nev, Nev, <laughs> is, Nev is off
7: to Amsterdam, of course, on Monday. Yeah, uh, uh,
4: anything him. else exciting planned afterwards? Uh, not No, not this week. I'm going to be very tired after Monday. Right. Uh, <laughs> quite a, a, a lot to cram in in one day. I'm actually going to stay down at the uh, airport on uh, Sunday night mm. uh, just to shave, you know, 45 minutes off the journey. Yes, the journey I don't blame you. Uh, but then, yeah, a bit of a full-on week in London doing bits and pieces. Nev, Nev, uh, try, and, try and blag a little bit cockpit
1: view uh visit if you can
4: yeah i did do that last time actually when i went on the 76 because there was so much fog in amsterdam they just pushed off the <laughs> right. stand they shut down and i managed to get a, a couple of uh, photos of the, uh, the guys at the front end yeah, but take, wow. take
1: some photos Nev. we'll see, to how we see um, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah so Indeed. uh yeah big thanks to you uh nev so uh, i hope you have a great trip next mm, week yes absolutely <laughs> safe, yeah. travels. Yes, safe travels safe mm. travels and uh, yeah, well that is where we are gonna bring the show to a close. So again, Ben, thank you for coming into the studio and joining us this evening. It's been awesome to talk to you. I'm sure that uh, we'll catch up with you again soon yep. on your on your travels.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, thanks very much for inviting me. I hope I've done a okay job. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. nice. Yeah yeah, it's
1: safe to say yeah, yeah,
0: you'll do. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <I'll> so
1: <laughs> I won't be here next week. I oh, yeah. am again doing another wedding next <sighs> Friday. It's all I (laughs) seem to do is weddings, Um, so I will leave you in the capable hands of uh nev and
2: matt so
1: uh, have, well, fun. have fun next while week. while the cat is away yeah nev. <laughs> yeah well, what
2: we're well, gonna do we're is, is outtakes from farmer and yeah. TV, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah we're basically gonna play out all content that we've got left so we've got nothing left for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for the rest yeah, show yeah. notes should be yeah. easier yeah. next
1: week yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
5: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: so don't forget to join the guys next friday for the show yep. so that's it then from me carlos here in the ptuk shiny news studio yeah. it's a big,
3: big goodbye nice.
2: yeah from me matt it is goodbye Nev. Yeah, take care. Have a nice week. See you next week. And we'll leave the final word with Ben. Say goodbye, Ben.
3: Look after yourself, guys. Bye-bye. Enjoy yourselves. (laughs)